An electric chair would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, I'd love that. Like a big wooden one. <laughs> big sponge. <laughs> Used to be one of those on the seafront in Rills. You remember it outside the gate? Why would I go to Rill? Oh, all right. Daddy's yacht is just too big to dock. No, like Rills is shit all. Yes, but it used to be. Close. I remember when I saw, I met my friend there, and friend. Yeah, this must have been a while ago. It was actually, but I mean, it's back of his house, it was like needles and, and all that shit, and people threw like used condoms in his garden. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mr. Popular. It's true. No, it was just his house was on the main street. So. Oh, that is what it is then, isn't it? Really. Hello and welcome to another episode of Look Who's Talking, episode f- five. Five. Are you sure? Five. Yeah. Jim's going to go five. five. We'll, go five. we'll go five. Oh, I've just given it away. Yeah. Uh, we are joined today by <laughs> Jim. Mr. Jim Hello. Cameron of uh, Crinoid Podcast and Mutoid Podcast fame. Hello. <laughs> fame is, uh, is putting it rather too strongly, I think. Infamy. Yeah, that's that's much more like it. We'll go with that one. We've been meaning to get you on for on the podcast for well since we started the podcast because I think, well, I don't think I know Mm. that Jim's podcast, well, Jim and Martin's podcast, Mm. Greenwood podcast, was the reason that I suggested we start one. Not in a sort of well, if they can do it, we can. You know, it was <laughs> there's there's shit about to be will do better than that. We can do that. <laughs> that doesn't seem hard. So yeah, so we, we and listeners have got either Jim to thank just, or blame. Interesting fact. Yeah, I've probably listened to Jim's the criminal po- podcast more than any other. Wow, and you don't Not, even like Doctor Who? No. Well, I mean, like <laughs> on the way when we well, on the way to uh, yours when we yeah, record, yeah. I'll always put the criminal po- podcast on. Podcast on, see see what your thoughts are. So we are Ooh. little interesting fact. Is it a long fact. journey? I was going to say uh, it's <laughs> it's hardly two and a half hours to do. Yeah, but I get the gist of it. Eight mile. <laughs> I get the gist of it. The long way. Oh, whatever. Hi Jim. You can tell by the tone of voice whether we like it or not. Yeah, you know, as soon as it starts, yeah. half an hour in, you can tell where it's going. You know. Yeah, well, I I remember Harry when you uh, used to uh, provide audio feedback for us way back when, way Didn't back I? in the day, and then yeah, then I've watched you like a fledgling leave the nest, and yeah, fly and uh, drop right and dro- down, and leave your <laughs> droppings all over the internet. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Lovely. Did we record feedback? We, we did, and I never sent it in. Hmm. Yeah, okay. It was for Earthshock. Was it? It was for Earthshock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's why I watched it. Yeah, that that's was, why that was your it. first episode of Doctor Who. God, it was shit. Right. Well, <laughs> there we go. Strong words there so, from uh... In this episode. <laughs> yes. We're going to be talking about a few things. Clowns. <laughs> Luke has prepared Circuses. a list of uh, things. Or oh, anything, isn't it? Well. Circuses slash zoos. Circus eye. Um, the development of film. Film, as opposed to what it was a hundred years ago, and are we in a new golden age? Well, as a strap in, everyone. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, the ones Jim sent were who? Yeah, Blake Seven. Yeah, Prog. Yeah, 
as in not prog tour who as in prog rock yeah prog rock uh that was those and three finally yeah magnet fishing magnet fishes <laughs> there we are ye oldie yeah it's good <laughs> have you got your magnet would you like me to go and get it in a minute probably not not yeah, right now probably n- don't bring it in this room okay yeah. After, don't don't show us your rod either. Yeah. Hey. Again. Oh. Hey. Hey. Right. <laughs> you what? <gasps> Good gasp. grief. <laughs> the gas. <laughs> right. So, um, well, how are you, Jim? How are you, Jim? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Is that the second time we've asked uh, that? Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Well, how are you? Yeah, I'm still fine. Good. Still. Uh, still all right. Last, we'll check in. Every... Changed in the last five minutes. Really. <laughs> You know, we'll check in every now and again. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than I was then, but uh, no wiser. That's it then. Well, wh- where do you want? Where do you want to start? Mm. Oh, I tell, tell you what. Let's take a trip back. Let's let's introduce. I'm sure if anybody is listening to this podcast, mm. they are fully aware who Jim is. You know, we'll probably get a couple of followers out of us as well. I don't know, know who Jim is. <clears throat> Who's Jim? Well, let's find out. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he would. <laughs> some autobiography. I was born on a stormy night in February. Uh, who am I? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm uh, in my early to middle fifties, so I've been uh, watching Doctor Who for many, many years. Um, uh, 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 I play guitar badly. Um, I listen to music slightly better than I play it, um, and I like it. I like music and television and reading, and I used to like podcasting until right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have an an 11-year-old daughter who is uh, upstairs talking to her friends via the internet. Wow. Uh, so that uh, that's probably why my bandwidth is now fucked. <laughs> uh, Just emojis flying through the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, as, uh, you know, speaking of uh, podcasts, how did, where, mm-hmm. what planted the seed way back when for mm. Crinoid? Hmm, where was the crinoid seed planted? I see what you've done there. That's mm. clever. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I've just thought, yeah, you've... Just, yeah. <laughs> You're a natural, Gabner. Scary, natural isn't it? natural comic. Okay. Oh, you uh, haven't done that story yet, well, okay. uh The first thing... Well, um, me and Martin, of course, have discussed Doctor Who for many years in pubs and stuff. And, you know, much of the time we make each other laugh. Um, and we wondered, having heard a couple of podcasts, because when we started, there weren't that many around, really. It was all uh, all pterodactyls and uh, no time for podcasting. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we listened to two or three of them. We thought, well, let's give that a go. Um, and we did a test one, which was... I don't even think we've still got the test one, but we put we put out an introductory one where we talked about differences between Classic Who and New Who. Um, and then we went straight into it. We did... Uh, Deadly Assassin was the first story, and then we did a monthly podcast ever since, uh, in, until last year. Um, what started us doing? I don't know, really. We used to uh, share a place in London, and 
you know, with families and stuff, getting married and stuff, you know, we ended up in different parts of the country. I'm near, near Bath these days and uh, Martin's still in London. So we didn't really see each other that much. Um, so it was a way of kind of getting back in contact with each other uh, on a kind of rather than just can we be asked to, to get round to it. It was like it was like a monthly uh, reason for just getting in contact and, you know, and having a laugh, really. So um, that was maybe the main reason. Um, and then we thought, well, we'll put it out and see if anyone likes it. And... I don't know. I mean, it took a while for anyone to like it, to be honest, or, uh, to give that impression to us. Um, you know, listening figures took a little while to climb, and uh, I remember that I mean, it's, it's, the podcast environment for Doctor Who, at least now, is, is good in the fact that everyone keeps uh, talking about everyone else's podcasts. Mm. In those days, no one ever talked about our podcasts. We, I used to listen to quite a few Doctor Who podcasts. We never, ever got mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, and then finally... Uh, uh, your friend of mine, JR, uh, invited uh, me on to uh, one of his th- things, a little kind of guest spot on his, and that built up our figures a bit. And um, yeah, it's, it, was, it was going up ever since, really. Uh, then for family reasons, I had to stop doing that because it's just too time-consuming and other yeah. stuff took took over. So we're now we're doing a kind of slightly pared-down Blake 7 thing because, of course, Blake 7 is one story for 45 minutes a week. Um, we do a monthly podcast on that rather than, um, you know, our three and a half hour epics on, on Doctor Who, which, as Luke will know from an editing point of view, you know, that amount of... Because you, you do long, long podcasts as well, don't you? We do do long yeah. podcasts. We've been slated for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Every, whenever anybody... Whenever <laughs> we've been mentioned on another podcast, you know, when you, you sort of... They mention you on Twitter and they're like, oh, we did a little mention about you yeah. and whenever you hear it they always say and their episodes are so long if you've got any time <laughs> well, yeah. yeah we get that as well i'd rather have too much than too little well yeah you know it's uh obviously quantity over quality <laughs> yeah leave them wanting less yeah. that's what i say <laughs> wanting less well uh so uh, at this stage obviously because you're doing the blake seven thing now are you more Blake set behind the scenes, behind the curtain, as it were. Are you more Blake Seven or more Doctor Who at the minute? Oh, more Blake Seven, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I've been doing a few uh, the odd spot uh, on other Doctor Who podcasts. Um, do you mean like podcasting or just what? Just like in, in, viewing enjoyment level, because as we know, fandom is a uh, it's it's a murky place. It's like what's a part of Jim's life? <laughs> yeah, more you know right what's now. yeah what's a what's a bigger part of your life? Sort of, you know. Oh yeah, it's Blake Seven at the moment. Just mm. you know, just because really. Um, I mean, I got to a stage with the the Crinod podcast. I wasn't really watching any other Doctor Who other than what we were doing that month. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I tried to squeeze in a little, little bit more. I get one of my mates over and we watch something every now and then. But uh, that hasn't been easy, easy with lockdown. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been doing. Uh, we're doing that virtually uh, for the last couple of years, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm very into Blake Seven at the moment, and I'm certainly not very into New Who at, at the moment. Mm. Um, I mean, one of my guest guest spots was to <laughs> was to go on one of the final Prog to Who episodes. And oh yeah, <laughs> talk to Mark Mark about Flux, um, but 
you know, I'd, no, I didn't really have much interest in that until Mark asked if I wanted to go and do that. So I quickly watched it all again. Yeah, I had watched it. I just, you know, you just, watched it again. Knew who? <laughs> yeah, can, can can you believe the dedication? <laughs> <laughs> the lengths that Jim will go to for podcasting quality is. Uh... <laughs> It's all sacrificed me. That's, that's, that's my middle name. He doesn't think of himself. Um, <laughs> Just thinks of the therapy <laughs> costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I watched it because it was Doctor Who, but, you know, New Who is something I watch. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it, to be honest. And I, I think, um, name-checking JR again, I think JR would, once said something rather wise. Um, some people aren't Doctor Who fans; they're fans of eras of Doctor Who. Yeah, um, and I'm the sixties and seventies. Sorry to interrupt. I think I'm one of them. <laughs> you could be. <laughs> Hang on, Jim. No, Luke's just had a thought. That's a really good point. I think <laughs> it's an epiphany. Yeah, I, I reckon it's it's John's era. So yeah, well, yeah. I think that's what I like about Doctor Who. Is John Pertwee's era, or did John just John? <laughs> you you have got a bit of a soft spot John, for John. I love John. Sorry, yeah. Jim. Do you watch Wales of Gummidge? Who is it? Oh, come on. What? John's other famous, well, probably equally famous, isn't it? Wasn't he buried with a, a little um, Wurzel Gummidge? <laughs> Stick up his ass. <laughs> 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 like this. In a T shaped coffin. Yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, where's all going? Well, they they've remade it now, haven't they? I haven't bothered to watch that because John in it. That's good. No, well, John, they'd have a job if John was in. <laughs> they'd be doing it around a table with a load of chalk. <laughs> There's an embalmed character who just lies down. Like, that might be. <laughs> very shiny. He's a perfect scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the crows keep perching on his nose. Yeah. yeah. What a perch. Um, so <laughs> sorry, Jim. I didn't See for miles around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of '60s and '70s Doctor Who. Hmm. Um, I kind, I like ish '80s Doctor Who, and I watch New Who. I mean, I don't, I'm saying it's terrible. It's just, it's a different thing. Uh, it doesn't make me enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, it is a different thing. We try. We so many times we've had this conversation where, obviously, for the normal run of the episodes, I'm choosing all of the classic bits of Doctor Who. And Luke's choosing the new ones. And it's just sort of, it's just such a different thing that we've had the conversation of trying to figure out what it is that just doesn't click with me. It's just, I don't know. We'll find out by the end. Yeah, when we've done 300 episodes, we'll probably, we'll figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Decent, uh, decent amount of data to look at. Yeah, you know, I think we'll have a pretty Ro- clear... Robust, statistically speaking. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, I'm assuming that you watched Blake Seven on air, you know, mm-hmm. as it as, as it, a youngster yeah. as it went out. Mm-hmm. At what point yeah. then did Blake Seven take over Doctor Who? What was the sort of? I prefer this now. Or was it instant? Um, <laughs> uh, well, it, it came at an interesting point in in Doctor Who's history because uh, Doctor Who had just started getting silly, and that when. Uh, Tom Baker was asking about too much. You know, the second, uh, what is it, 15? You know, Leela's uh, second season. Yeah, yeah. Even at that age. Even at that age, well, I would have been, what, 
nine or something, I could see that it just wasn't as good as it was before, and everything looked a bit crap, and the doctor was pissing about. And, um, I was kind of going off it, um, and then it kind of got progressively worse until the season eighteen, where it was a, little, a bit of a revival. Um, but at that is the point when um, Blake Simon appeared, and uh, that was, of course, much more serious, at least to start with, and. Um, it was much more my thing. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved Blake 7 when it came on. Um, I always watched Doctor Who. I never stopped mm. um, until I went to, to university, really. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're similar in many ways, yet tonally quite different. Um, and that was the kind of tone that I preferred at yeah. the time when, when Doctor Doctor was getting a bit daft and cheap. I mean, not the Blake Seven is cheap. Yeah, well, because yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, but, um, it, it's not daft. Or at least, isn't to start with. Well, I'm sort of doing my watch of Blake Seven as you do. It's a very slow crawl through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glacial. Yeah, I've been watching the web now for two months. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's sort of, oh, every night. Yeah, every night, just keeping. <laughs> one day there'll be a new episode out, and it's sort of, it's it feels at the moment. I don't know whether it changes that much that it's sort of much more a character thing than, say, Doctor Who is more mm. of a setting situation style. Oh, yeah. Monsters per minute, mm. you know. Yes. Whereas, yeah, yeah not, many, not many monsters in, no. in Blake 7. Um, and all the better for it, really, because when they uh, occasionally oh. attend that sort of thing, the it's, web. it's not normally very successful, yeah. <laughs> for instance. What episode's the web? A little dangly man yeah, in the tank. Yeah, a little man in the tank. What episode is it? Of Blake 7? Yeah. The web. No, like how many episodes in the season is it? Four, the five, fifth, fifth. Okay. F- fifth episode. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen the first one. Yeah. The f- oh, it's, it's so dark when it starts. You think. Yeah. I, is it not all, like that all the, way, all the way through, or is it? Um, no. It's, was that moment of like? Yeah, I don't. Like that? Yeah, I mean, in that the, the, yeah, the accusations they level against Blake, and that is, is about probably as dark as it gets conceptually, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a very representative episode that one really. I mean, it can kicks things off. Mm. Um, the next episode, Spacefall, is yeah. That's the thing is that it's just a bit of scaffolding for the rest of the yeah. series, really. Um, although it's quite a good episode in itself. But um, Spacefall is the second episode, and things really kick off from there. So you know, I would urge you to carry on if you had had any liking for mm. the first one. You'd, well, I've you'd got probably like the second episode better. Quite a while to catch up to you, haven't I? Oh yeah, if you give yourself until the next Mutoid podcast comes out, you'll be more than enough. You'll, oh, you'll be ready. It won't. It won't take you long long to catch up with us. <laughs> so yeah, so Blake Seven. So uh, mm-hmm. well, let's let's go back to Doctor Who for a second. Um, mm. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, oh, obviously with the um, this the recent news of. Uh, a change of, uh, you know, showrunner yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, on, on the face of it, it looks like a backward step, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, in well, an attempt hmm. to to regain former glories. Um, I think it's part of um, some kind of extended universe thing I think they're going to try and do. And while he's going to be in charge of Doctor Who for the... Um, what, so the sixtieth is is he in charge? That he is, isn't he? I think yeah. I think he's doing the sixtieth and a season or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, then it wouldn't surprise me if he goes upstairs, if you like, and then <laughs> overseas. <laughs> I don't mean die. <laughs> <laughs> die, Russell! Well, he might. Well, the stress that is in, that's in his book. It wouldn't surprise me if it's sort of, you know. Yeah, depends on the reaction of the fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I can see him going upstairs and just having a more coordinating role. Uh, maybe mm. kick, kicking off kicking off new ones and uh, kick off um, his slippers and, upstairs he goes <laughs> for a quick yeah write up smoke his pipe yeah yes um because yeah i'm sure i'm sure they're looking at marvel and all the rest of it and thinking you know look at all the like the tv programs that have spun off it and thinking well we yeah, we could do that we've got this massive universe that's been created over 60 nearly 60 years why don't we uh why don't we have a piece of that action mm. Um, because there's that um, production company, isn't it? The Bad Wolf Production yeah. Company. Um, they already, I think they did the um, His Dark Material series, didn't they? Um, they'll be handling Doctor Who, I think, in collaboration with the BBC, aren't they? Um, I could see them injecting a bunch of cash, and you know, I don't know if HBO entirely do their own programming, but if they pick up anybody else's stuff, they might pick up Doctor Who. Yeah. You might get a more kind of HBO style Doctor Who spin-off. I don't know. I mean, the the kind of options are, are pretty wide. I think in terms of just the TV program, it seems an odd move, particularly when you hear David Tennant returning in the same breath. Yeah, so yeah. Ag. <laughs> <gasps> no. no! <laughs> What have we um, done to deserve... I've just sat through flux. <laughs> it does get worse. Is that not yeah. pain enough? It's, uh, yeah. You think his country's on his knees enough in the last couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough now. Without the return of the Mockney. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that doesn't fill me with glee, I must admit. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly not in my top ten doctors. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But you know, that that's the mm. thing, I suppose, on paper. To to the not we, he's pro he's number one, isn't he? He's yeah. he's uh, oh, yeah. maybe yeah. not to the Americans, because I think Matt Smith was probably the yeah. one that broke yeah, America, he broke, wasn't yeah. he, really? So yeah. but I don't think he'd want to go back. No. It doesn't seem No. It's no. a it's a it means it's a hard thing because he was he's, his acting career was born in Doctor Who, really, wasn't it? And it's a hard thing to try and get out of that. Yeah, and I, I think he's done it successfully. Um, I don't think he'd want to tarnish that and go back. Or he might do. I don't know. Maybe in a special. Maybe in a special. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise. Well, if the cash is right, I'm sure. Yeah. Anybody except Eccleston will be. <laughs> well, <laughs> ready to come back. <laughs> but Mind yeah. you, once you played, played uh, Prince Philip, I mean, where do you go from there? Exactly. You've peaked. <laughs> peaked. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Or Troft. Yeah. Is that it? He's had it. You look like you've got a question in your head. Or is it wind? <laughs> wind me back. <laughs> is it wind? It's like, a, it's like a smiling baby. Is that a smile or has he got wind? Give him a pat on the back. Well, you don't want to. Not in this small space. <laughs> when was the last time you went to a circus, Jim? Join you, CC, why? Uh, I have been to one once, and I must have been six, right? Something like that. 
I'm guessing they had animals there. They had animals, yeah. They definitely had uh, elephants and lions. If I remember wow. Correctly. Big no-no these days. And Big no-no. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rightly so. That was the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything went. Animal cruelty was uh, encouraged in the 70s. Yeah, it's fine. It was encouraged, wasn't it? <laughs> they don't give a shit. Mm. Give your dog a smack. <laughs> Aye. Kick it out. <laughs> now, a circus is a thing anymore? Oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah, they're just not. It's more um, gymnastics, isn't it? Let's say. Mm. I'd assume. Does I don't know. Assume? I've only been to one circus, and I was probably about the same age. Well, not minus. Yeah, I think I was as know. well, actually. Uh, yeah, I've only ever been to one. I've, I watch. I've watched quite a bit of circus fails. Right. I love circus fails. <laughs> just <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. Animals dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love a good elephant on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't get through that, that little ring of fire. fire. That's the problem. <laughs> Stuck. We knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so, never, didn't work in rehearsals. It was never going to work yeah, on the night. You know, It'll be all right on the night. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how big it's that physics. crowd is, he ain't going to go. <laughs> so, Adrenaline won't get him through that <laughs> hole. <laughs> Give it a go. You can't have a circus without having a clown. True. Clowns. Yay or nay, Jim? Mm. Uh, a massive hard nay. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like clowns. You don't they're like funny. them? Or... Uh, sorry, they're not funny. <laughs> I don't they're like funny. funny. They're funny, they're <laughs> cute and cuddly. <laughs> I hate funny things. I don't like to laugh. It's crap. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like clowns. Um, the the humour is um, embarrassingly old-fashioned. Um, they they look ridiculous. I know they're supposed to, but um, no, I, there's no appeal to me with clowns. My daughter's terrified of clowns, although she's never seen one. Uh, it must be oh, the concept strange. of clowns. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's the greatest show um, in the galaxy. It does it to us all. What's it? <laughs> it's that rap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm now terrified of rappers as yeah, well. Rappers, clowns, and. <laughs> Sand dunes. Sand dunes. <laughs> and <laughs> shit werewolves. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, the werewolf, isn't it? <laughs> I forgot about that. Why? <laughs> Clowns, Harold. Uh, nay. Really? Yeah. Why? I just don't see what they're for. <laughs> well, you know, what you I understand for? what they're supposed to be. <laughs> the principle. Yeah, yeah, I understand the principle. It's like looking at a Haynes manual. I understand it, but it's sort of you've still got to do it. Doesn't it doesn't make you laugh. Yeah, you know, it's sort of Yeah. yeah. I think you're being cruel. Why? Well you didn't say that to Jim when he said nay. I'm the cruel one now. I'm a guest. I can say what I like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Jim can say what he wants. Right, I'll be off. <laughs> so <laughs> have you put your cloud makeup on. <laughs> Sad clown. <laughs> a balloon in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> a bucket full of glitter yeah. <laughs> tip over someone oh, in hilarious oh, God, isn't it? and we all laughed hysterically on the way home picking glitter yeah. out of you her you say hair. you don't like clowns <laughs> but yeah did you just stare at the floor and find that funny <laughs> your shoes what about my now, shoes I know some of your shoes are clown-esque what do you mean some of my <laughs> shoes are clown-esque? 
<laughs> size uh, 48. <laughs> Close. So, I, but clowns are a no-go. What do you mean? Just because I've got big feet? No, it's just the shoes that, some of the shoes you, you choose to wear. Uh, do you wear the, I don't wear bowling shoes to go around. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Well, you clearly do. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to if talk I, about it. There's a subtext here. Can I please buy you red? Not a chance. It's the big rubber shoes. That's well, massive. You, you can buy them. The big bulbous end. Yeah. They're so funny. They really make me laugh. Well, there you go then. But clowns are a no-go. Well, yeah. No. No thanks. So you, you wouldn't say... Right. Scenario. It's your kid's birthday. <laughs> it is every year. Uh, they want a, I don't know some they want someone in costume who'd you go for well, you go for Elsa or you know a, a favourite of the a child favorite. rather than a clown <laughs> would you not get a clown happy birthday, birthday. <laughs> that'd be so funny just a nod let's face they're probably drunk and bitter about life aren't they yeah you know it's a serious thing being Where's a clown. Where's kid? It's a serious thing. <laughs> Is it your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was picked up off like the back of a pub. Yeah, well. Be know, a clown it's got a claw for it. <laughs> <laughs> claw for it. <laughs> really sharp teeth. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, the arse has fallen out of clowning. I don't know why I bother. Clowning. There's no fucking money in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what it was. I just think the no, bill a bad rap. I just think it was a bad rap. One was a serial killer. The other one was... Uh, what, you think they've brought it upon themselves? No, people have brought, like, cast a negative light on clowns. Oh, right, okay. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And he got all the... Do you remember all the, when all the clown people in clown masks stood outside people's houses a few years back? It was a viral oh, yes. trend. Oh, yeah, I seem yeah. to remember that. And chasing yeah. cars. Was it the... Was it the Nottingham clown or someone? Wasn't there a clown somewhere in in the Midlands who used to terrorise people at night? With his hook. <laughs> With his hook. I don't know, yeah. Maybe. And his squeaky nose. Who's in the, do we know anybody who's in the Midlands that we could ask? Sorry. <laughs> oh, it was all over the world, really, wasn't it? But I know what you mean. I think there's one, like, notorious one. Oh, there's, always, there's always one notorious one, isn't there? Hmm. I would love to see. A, I'd love to see you in a situation where you see a clown outside your car. You'd shit it. <laughs> you would. Well, yeah, yeah. You would. I think anybody oh, would. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, so. you aren't allowed to run them over, clowns. Oh, oh I mean, you, you should are. be. You, you should can. be able to. Well, but. I have got a van, so if I do that, it is quite an easy clean-up job. I'd say. Straight in the back. I don't worry no, about it later. I don't think they'd be able to <laughs> go over the top of the van. Well, that's what I mean. You know, it could be a. a a quick job. I think they just go on. What about your undercarriage? Yeah, I think imagine those feet, feet smacking up into your undercarriage. Break the fruit fuel lines. Yeah. Anything could happen. Then you'd need your Haynes manual. Just fucking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, good grief. So that's clowns, is it? So if you ran over his face, there'd be a squeak. So at least you'd know you've never done it. <laughs> Exactly. A little spray of water out of a little flower. (laughs) (laughs) Windscreen wipers on. Dying squirt. (laughs) (laughs) Do we hate clowns that much? It's it's what he would have wanted. (laughs) He went out with a laugh. (laughs) Right. The only laugh he ever got. (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> There's loads of different types of clowns as well. I'm sure there is. I don't know two. So there's loads. Yeah, there there are loads, but I don't know too. There's like sad clown and your happy clown. All right. You got the um. Your Piero. Yeah. You got the one with the little cone on his head. The The conical head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one from like Ashes to Ashes, the music video. Clown like that. Right. You got loads of clowns. It's a serious thing, and I just I just think it's a shame that it's it's dying. What? Clowning's a serious business. (laughs) We should take it more. Do you reckon we're gonna get like as this sort of. you know, Salvation Army adverts at Christmas time. Clowns, like sad clowns and balloons. Yeah, the, the, the clown society. <laughs> Please give now. Put a bit of Kate Bush on in the background. And <laughs> <laughs> like the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> There's a guy who got hit by a car. Buy him a re- <laughs> <laughs> One pound will buy him a refurbished rubber nose. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's a no one. I'd like to be a clown. Would you? Wouldn't like to, but like is it the anonymity. I think it's like, no one know who you, you were. Would you they? strip away everything that makes you you. It's a different kind of clown, isn't it? And you yeah. flash. And you <laughs> get chucked out of kids' parties. Yeah, <laughs> everything you are as a person is gone, and suddenly you're, you know, bimbo yeah. <laughs> or whatever the clown's called. Bimbo the clown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, does, I, I, does he wear a bikini or something? <laughs> Here comes Luke, well, the clown. <laughs> he just he wears some different passport shirts. Mummy, I'm scared. Yeah, he's screaming. No, come back. I'm trying to make you laugh. Oh. No. No. Mom, no. are we having fun yet? No. So clowns are a no. Clowns are a no. What if I was a clown? If I... Maybe I'd, I'd arrive... Say, your wedding. Right. Say I arrive and I'm a clown. Yes. But for the night, I'm not going to do it, you know. You? Just for the night, do? Yeah. Because there'll be kids there, won't so. there? No. Well, it, clowns are for all ages, aren't they? So. Okay. Mm, equally loathed by all ages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever then. I'd like, to give it, I'd, I'd like to give it a go. I'd like to give it a go. As unpopular with, you know. Oh, whatever. It's what it is, isn't it? I wouldn't mind doing it once. I think it'd be fun to. To dress up like that, yeah, once. yeah. Thanks, Jim. But, yeah, well, so, maybe you two can yeah. do that. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll just but, but stay any, any, any in a sexual way. I wouldn't want to go out in public. Oh no, no. Yeah, only in a sexual way. We need to get Jim Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> don't clip. Don't clip that bit yeah, for the trailer, please. Um, so, <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the nice things that's come from uh, come out of COVID. Well, probably the only nice that is the anonymity of wearing a mask. Where you can go out and you don't get mm. pestered. That is true, yeah. It's lovely. That is true. Yeah. It is lovely. I mean, I can tell, still tell Did... who people are with the mask on. Well, yeah. There was a bit of research, wasn't there? People think people look more attractive when they wear a face mask. Really? Interesting. In general, yeah. I mean, obviously, it depends on the person. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's to do with British teeth, I expect. Yeah. You can't see them, you know. What was it Tim said look, about... As a race, teeth. we look much better. Like a like a witch doctor's necklace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. I, uh, I know what you mean by anim, 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 Can you That's say easy it? for you to say. Anonymity. Anonymity. No. Anim, Close. Cause I, we'll edit that in. I find comfort <laughs> when I'm wearing a mask. Like, mm. I could... I don't have to smile. 
Like you could say something, yeah. you could say something, and I I don't have to smile, mm. but you'd never know that, and I really like that. Good. I do like masks. I, I yeah, I like masks. If you're a glasses user, yeah, I think masks are the worst, absolute oh, worst steam, nightmare. Steamy windows. Yeah, mm. it's awful. So I'm wearing contacts more now, but I don't think you look more attractive with a mask on. I mean, it's a tough, you know. It's it's hard that isn't it? Oh no, oh, I think you look fine. Oh thank you. You look fine. You look all you, fine, fine. What else? You what was the question? Um, um, it was well you face took masks. face mask. Yeah, what was it before that? Anonymity. Uh, uh, anonymity of being a clown. <laughs> mm. Interesting. So prog rock. <laughs> prog rock. <laughs> what about a clown with a mask? Face mask. Do clowns have to wear face masks? Ooh. Interesting. Um, Prog rock. Yeah. Prog rock. I think the makeup is. Oh, yeah. Well, you won't have to do it, will you? No. Oh, that'd be scary. Take it off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a normal. <laughs> Don't say it too many times because Big Finish will do it. Hey. Eh? Oh. Well, <laughs> it's the magic three rule, isn't it? Say it three times. The Big... half face clown yeah. box set. Now, now available for one hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Oh. <laughs> God, it's a, it's a big finish, expensive. Uh, I get a, uh, because I've downloaded a few things in the past, not very many. Mm. I get um, I get bombarded with with uh, spam from them, and um, you know, occasionally something will come up. I think, oh, that looks quite interesting, um, and then I look at it, and it's like fifty quid. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, I'm <laughs> not going to spend story. 50 quid on, on some audio. Isn't that crazy? So I'm just not going to do it. Is it yeah. that expensive because the demand's not really there for it? Or I is it really popular? The, well, I think yeah, the demand, I think so. well, I don't know, really, because it's well, obviously it's popular, it isn't it? Yeah, but like, if they know, if it costs a lot to hire these actors and make it, then it needs to up the price for it to be worthwhile doing. Yeah, there's no economies of scale. Yeah. There? People aren't buying mm, enough units to make it. Oh, there's greedy to, fuckers. To bring the price down. Whichever one you want. <laughs> 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 Hi, Nick. <laughs> 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 Hi, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Love your Dalek voice, mate. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, because I've I've had a couple of um, the, the older big finishes. I think uh, spare parts I listened mm. to. I thought that, that, I thought that was good. good. And then a couple of the other ones that were free on like iTunes or something like that. And then occasionally when, like you yeah. say, they send an email every hour or two hours and say, this is in the sale, <laughs> this is in the sale, this is in the sale, you should buy this. And then you look at it and it's like reduced from £70 to £62. Yeah. Uh, as if that's going to make me add to basket. <laughs> oh, I was waiting that to drop down to the magic 62 quid. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll buy it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's obviously for, you know, some people get a lot out of it. Because they've got, oh yeah, they've got the Blake Seven range as well, haven't they? And oh, I do, actually, I do like their Blake Seven stuff. I've got a fair amount of that. Yeah. You, you see, I find it more easy to. Uh, the problem with with Doc Two is an element of whimsy in it, and if you do whimsy wrong, it's crap. Um, and I find that in a few big finish stuff. Whereas with Blake Seven, you know, people aren't mucking about with that kind of stuff. They're yeah. just trying to tell tell an action adventure, and I think that translates much better to to um, Big Finish. The other thing is, you know, if you watch any amount of Blake 7, it's got a certain style 
to it, you know, a certain aesthetic. Um, so it's much easier to picture what everything is like when you're listening to it, even if they're gone somewhere new. I find it much easier to picture how the t- uh, TV production of that story would have looked. Yeah. Um, so, so sometimes, particularly, there's a, a one by uh, Andrew Smith uh, in the first full cast series. I've forgotten the name now. Um, but having listened to that a couple of times, I now feel like I've watched it. Yeah. You know, it was that, it was that close in, in spirit to the original. Um, so that I really like, but, um, I mean, you can listen to some Doctor Who stuff and, you know, it's a more experimental program in many ways. And, you know, it kind of has to be more experimental in some ways on audio. Um, but I just find I can't, I just can't relate to it, you know, but I have to keep rewinding cause I've been listening to a bit and I just, the last five minutes I wasn't listening to anything. You yeah. know? <laughs> it demands, it, it just doesn't go really. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't go in. Yeah, it, so to speak. It's, I can't really. I don't really know what happened in those, that last hour and a half. Yeah, that's how I find it. Know it. <laughs> We're all different. We're all different. You know, it's the, so so prog rock. Speaking of difference. Why C C W? You want your C C O? What is prog rock? <laughs> Progressive rock. Progressive rock. Yeah. It's a, a genre that I think is quite hard to describe what it is, really. I, th- I think mm, I, I think the, the best way to describe it, probably, is that it's normal songs, inverted commas, but sort of stretched out so that the story can develop and twiddly bits of music that you enjoy can be expanded on that you sort of, oh, I like that bit, so we're going to do it again and again and again. You know, it's it's tricky. Okay, it's it's a really mm-hmm. tricky thing, and I know a lot of prog rock artists hate the fact that it's called prog rock. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So many interviews. No, we're not prog rock. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean the idea I think originally wasn't it was to break out of the sort of verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, fade. Yeah. Sort of model, wasn't it? Um, and you know, to, uh, as it kind of developed, you've got these sprawling epics with, you know, with phases, and different <laughs> sections, and all this, all this kind of stuff. Um, where it, but like anything, you know, if you kind of mutate it enough, it becomes kind of unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and you know, to, to, I mean, I'm in two minds about punk. Really, um, I don't. I like some of it. I can see that it was kind of necessary to bring making music back to the people, probably because, you know, there's so many virtuosos in prog rock, but, um, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, people over there did and not something I can do. Yeah. Um, so you had to bring it back to, you know, almost like sk- skiffle and sort of rock and roll <laughs> standards of just playing a few chords and, you know, getting something off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of understand why that happened, but, you know, that doesn't invalidate all the music that was made before that, I don't think. But, you know, at some point it probably had to stop. Uh, or at least go a bit more underground because you know some of the biggest selling albums were prog rock, rock yeah. albums, weren't they? In the mid mid seventies, um, and it's not everyone's cup of tea. And you know, it, it, most of it is my cup of tea, but I completely understand why it isn't the cup of tea of others. It seems quite popular within fandom as well. I've noticed not only because there was mm. prog to who, but it just seems that if you're into science fiction, it seems to sort of go quite nicely with prog rock as well whether it's that sort of i don't know that was good description that wasn't it for a podcast you know a bit (laughs) (laughs) 
Can you think waving of, of hands? Waving, a bit wavy. <laughs> can you think of an example? Can can I think of an example that you would know? All the listeners. Oh, the, the, or all the or and or and. There's like a popular song that I think. Oh yeah, no, that you identify as pop rock, and I'll be like, oh, okay. Oh God, the most popular song that I identify as prog rock. That's well known to people. Um, yeah. Probably Roundabout by Yes is probably the number one thing, maybe, mm. that people would know. I don't know, it's tricky, that, isn't it? Or Pink think, Floyd, yeah, probably. Would, would know, right? Yeah, some of Pink Floyd. Well, Another Brick in the Moor is a massive single, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not it's not the most proggy thing I've ever done, but it's by a prog rock band yeah. from a very progressive rock album. So... Yeah, I mean, if you say Pink Floyd to a lot of people, that is what they will say because that was number one for so long, um, and they weren't a singles band anyway, were they? So that was a, a bit of a standout. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it kind of the question kind of aren't well indicates the problem. I think, isn't it? That there isn't really any really popular, famous <laughs> yeah. prog rock songs that people would know. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody, you might say, is prog. Yeah. It's, it tends um, to be sort of anything that's not normal. Like traditional. Yeah, you know, doesn't mm. sort of follow the form so much and doesn't, it doesn't tend to repeat So it's like a sub, so much. subgenre of rock. Well, or is sort it of, a departure yeah. in itself? It's, uh, I think the problem is, is that it's sort of, it, prog rock has been typecast as this very sort of cape-wearing, glittery smoke machine, tons <laughs> of keyboards guitars all around right. like a spinal tap sort of thing yeah whereas in reality it's just it's the big sort of three bands probably like floyd genesis yes you know maybe like jethro toll like the Him big like names Palmer, maybe. yeah well yeah you know that have sort of given that you know look to what prog rock is but like under the surface there's a lot more to it that sort of it's just people that develop ideas or they want to do a story across a whole album so it's not necessarily that the songs are all half an hour long it's just mm. it's a concept that's dragged out throughout a whole album it's genesis bro yeah is it oh yeah why don't you just say genesis i don't know what genesis is yeah well, you know what the band is oh yeah oh yeah but would you say Anything from mid-era Genesis onwards was prog. Oh no, not necessarily. But <laughs> but in, in well, it's sort of, you know they've always had sort of a long song that's in on every album after sort of Duke maybe or Abacab. So but that eighty stuff where you know right. at the point where Phil Collins became Phil Collins, yeah. it's sort of you know as much as they deny that it rubbed off on them. And it sold them millions and made them billionaires. No, oh, no, 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 no. It was just a natural thing that happened. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Tony you know. Banks is still bitter about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you know, still the happiest man in rock. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's tricky, you, you know. And I think all bands do that. I think every band changes. Like, if you look at their early stuff, you know, it it all develops, unless you sort of stay status quo and you just, you know, you just want to rock, Nothing man. You know? but, three yeah, chords is enough. Yeah, you know, three chords and the truth, man. Many. Yeah, we're in search <laughs> yeah. of the fourth chord. It's, it's, it's prog rock dead. 
No. Okay. No. Mm. Dying. It just smells funny. It, okay. Yeah, it, it probably smells funny, but it's it's one of those things that's always been slightly under the radar, isn't it? It's because it's just not. It's huge if you've spotted it. Okay. It's like you know when you see a, like a certain car. Or if you buy a car, you see hundreds of them all the time. You know, I think it's the same sort of thing. Like Jethro Tull, they've just released a new album. I know the Strangers in Space podcast have just done a review of the new album. Mm. And they put a thing on Twitter today, uh, or yesterday I think it was, saying they were number one in Denmark, number one in Sweden, number one in the the American rock chart, number one in the downloads of Japan. It's like, that's pretty fair going, you know, for a band that's... Well, only got mm. one original member, but you know, <laughs> it's yeah, you know, it's still alive and yeah. going. And I think people, well, like Stephen Wilson, I know you're a fan of Stephen Wilson. Mm. I think he is sort of one of the people that's sort of flying the flag for. We don't have to just play a twelve bar and write about love, you know. We can, mm. you know, do whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. If you say, if you look hard enough, in a, in a way, with things like Spotify, in a way, you get. Um, uh, I should probably shouldn't, say, shouldn't mention Spotify in the presence of a musician. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty word. Um, but I mean, you get so many recommendations, and, he, and um, you know, it's a bit like a mind map. You know, you get uh, the artists you're looking at, and they say, "Well, these are connected. These artists yeah. are connected." And then you can find, you know. Porcupine Tree, um, uh, Blackfield, and all the other things that Stephen Wilson does, and then you can find some very obscure stuff, you know, like Polish progressive rock and yeah. all that stuff. So it is there, and in a way, it's easier to find it now than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's bands like Marillion are still going. I mean, everyone thinks they probably started and stopped with Kaylee, but you know, they're they're still going. Yeah. Um, I think they've gone off the boil for a few years, if you want my opinion. But well, they've um, got that. What's that new one that's out going. now that's just like covered in all of the guitars are all covered in phaser or flanger or something, some strange effect on the Marillion. Oh, God. It's just, oh, it's Steve Rothery, someone needs to destroy his flanger because about the last five <laughs> albums, he just incessantly. It's, the flanger is like a warbly effect you put on a guitar, and after a while, it gets in your fucking nerves just in every single song. Um, but I mean, they've got to a stage at one point where they said, uh, Mark Kelly, the cuba player, says, Right, I'm not going to use my synth pads anymore. That's it. You know, I'm yeah. going to use other sounds because there's, t- the, um, sorry, but it's string, string synth stuff because there's too much kind of fake strings in this. I'm going to do something else. You know, he's brought his Hammond organ out and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Steve Roth- Rothery needs to do that with his flanger and just flush it down the toilet. Burn it. Or something. Yeah. Chuck it um, in the canal. But yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, chuck, chuck, chuck it in the canal. Yeah. Yeah. Aquatic storage. Exactly. <laughs> Aquatic <Yes>. storage. <laughs> it's but a favourite of ours. Signal. Yeah, no, I remember. I listened to that one today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so when, at what point did prog rock appear in your... in uh, come in your ears, so to speak? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was a lovely moment. My <laughs> oral virginity was taken. Oh. Um, was it? No, um, <laughs> it was the ear first, was it? <laughs> yes, I didn't I'll know you could put ear. it anywhere else for a long yeah. while. Um, well, I suppose my brother. <laughs> my brother started listening to it. So, you know, I used to hear the stuff he was playing. It was mostly Pink Floyd. Um, and Emerson Lake and Palmer used to... Mm. Two big favourites, especially the LP, really. Um, so I kind of 
grew up sort of having it around in the house sort of thing. Mm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until I was some 16 or so that I started to get it. But yeah, and he had a few albums and I just got the collection. You got them all by the time I was about 18, yeah. I think. And, um, and they probably remain my favourite prog band, Pink Floyd. Um, but yeah, it's pretty early on. But the thing is, I've always been fascinated by lead guitar playing. That is my favourite musical form, if you like. Um, so David Gilmore and Pink Floyd and Steve Rothery from Marillion, my two favourite guitarists, because they're very expressive mm. as well as, you know, they're not all techno, widdly widdly flash stuff, you know, yeah. all the shredding stuff that pe- people do so much, you know, dream theatre and all that, it doesn't really appeal to no. um, But, you know, all this kind of emotional playing that they have, I, I really liked. And it's, it's so much so that I'm, I'm a weird in that I am a guitar player at all, which is debatable. I'm quite a weird one because I learned to play lead before I learned to play chords. Yeah. So I was sort of noodling along to songs, you know, I just find the key and, and, and just noodle along to it um, before I ever learned any chords, really. And I'm still not particularly good with chords, but I'm a half-decent solo you know, lead player. Um, so that was the thing that attracted me to, to prog and then le- <laughs> later into metal. Interesting. Um, which which lasted a little <laughs> while. I mean, it got to such a stage where I bought a, an album by a band called Leatherwolf simply because they had three lead guitarists. <laughs> uh, need to say, it was shit. Um, but there was lots of guitar in it, so that was there all we right, go. briefly. That, last, that uh, took me through one complete listening, and then that was probably as much as I ever did. I can't go there again. <laughs> Too many guitars. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, you know, the songwriting songwriting is shit. So you know, the, the guitars can only save so much. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing I like about you know certain types of prog. And um, actually, I heard Mark from Prog, prog Two the other day say exactly the same thing. It's um, I like the prog rock that's based on proper songwriting rather than you know someone trying to find the weirdest time signature they could possibly yeah. play. Um, and you know, it takes you several hours for all the band to learn how to play this strange time signature yeah. when you could just write a song and then add more progressive, you know, uh, arrange it in a progressive way. Yeah. It's, yeah, because so, um, it, it's Pink Floyd has been, has always been a, a tricky one for me because as soon as I left school, I auditioned for a, a well-known that will always remain nameless because I don't want to give them any publicity whatsoever. A well-known Pink Floyd uh, tribute band that is uh, was well-known yeah. that had a the name of a country in it, and then hey? Pink Floyd. Um, and, I've seen them. Yeah, mm. not that I know who you're talking about. No, no, no. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it sort of got to the point where I, I just I couldn't listen to it anymore. <laughs> just I can't do this anymore. And then. A deep, a deep, uh, deep purple tribute band as well. So they were sort of off the cards for a while. That I just couldn't, I just couldn't go there. It was, yeah, mm. I, I can't oh, go there. But recently, I have sort of tried to dive back into their catalogue, and uh, yeah, um, um, the you know the horrors have <laughs> flooded back to me. Of you know, smoke machines not working, and you know, laser lights blinding you <laughs> midway through. You know, it's uh, hmm, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I, you know, I can I can really appreciate Pink Floyd, especially. They're just so interesting, like, you know, regardless mm. of what you think of the, you know, the whole prog thing. Pink Floyd are definitely probably one of the, 
the biggest names that are out there in music, really, probably as well. You know, yeah, I think you probably said the, the, the most successful sort of crossover if there is such a thing. Yeah, yeah, into the main into the mainstream. Yeah, but I mean, you know, progressive music. You know, it's, whether or not you call it that, it's been around for ages. I mean, the the, the experimental stuff the Beatles are doing is yeah, you, know, you could consider. But, but Strawberry Fields Forever is a progressive rock track, in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a, and a lot of people, a lot of the prog artists, tend to sort of cite the Beatles. They just say, mm. you know. Once Sergeant Pepper came out, that was it. You know, we're just going to do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we gave it a, li- a license to. Uh, yeah, oh, we can do it now. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to to break out the format. Yeah. Yeah. So what to, what would be your desert island disc if you had? I know, you know, one. You could pick a few. One. Oh, so one track, then a one album. Oh, you can do whatever. We're we're very laxed here. <laughs> uh, one album probably be Wish You Here Pink Floyd yeah um, one track actually would probably be and I know it's from a very mainstream album uh, but because I like lead, lead guitar so much it, it would be the, the title track of Brothers in Arms oh. Dire Straits yeah the guitar playing on there is absolutely exquisite yeah and if I couldn't listen to anything else I would probably want to be able to listen to that yeah because I never tire of it. Mount Knopfler is just wonderful playing. Just yeah. God. Is <laughs> yeah. An he's old great. wrinkly Geordie God. Aye. <laughs> with a headband. Yeah. Just as you imagined, God. And armbands. You know. <laughs> can't forget the armbands. Oh aye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good choices. Good choices. Have you got any desert island discs, Luke? Mm. They don't have to be progressive. Don't it, be embarrassed. It's hard, no, it's a, <laughs> so my taste in music, I've learned what it is. Have you? Yeah. Shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's Latvian folk. Yeah. I've um, always been a fan of the the Bulgarian jigs. Of <laughs> it's alternative, right? Mopey, electronic, and country. Miserable craft work. That's the one. <laughs> So that's pretty much where all I'm at. All at once? Yeah. All no, at once? No, not all in one song, but it's, it, that's... the oh, right. that's, that, If there's a ball... No, that's I think you'd um, have to expand, like we said, for what prog is, what experimental mopey electronic country is. Alternative. Alternative, sorry. Alternative. I don't know. Alternative. Well, no, it's bands, I mean. Oh, um... Or the Handsome artists. Family. The Handsome Family. It's always number one for me. Why are we? Love the Handsome Family. Gothic country band. Great. Cool. I'll check them out. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just a lot of Moby stuff, really, that teenage girls really should be listening yeah, to. Do you, Not... but you have got the taste, probably, of a 14-year-old, haven't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I'm stuck in high Sitting school. in your room drawing David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Lots it's... of popping hearts around his head. Yeah. David. Like tenant hundreds yeah. of times on the, on the carving tenant into your leg. Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> um, Getting a tattoo your mum doesn't know about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, like, uh, my my favourite Sylvanesso at the moment. No, Fever Ray. Fever Ray. I think that's Switzerland electronic. Very yeah. Interesting. It, I've not yet met someone who. 
can even stand listening to it, let alone like. All right. So there we are. I love it. So on a scale of mopey electronics, how far would it be from sort of the most miserable Depeche Mode album tracks? And they're quite miserable. They are quite miserable, aren't they? (laughs) They're fairly glum, some Mm. of them. I mean, I love them, but they're glum. Let's uh, make no bones about that. They're not... It's not you stick it on and then it's like you close your eyes and it's raining. And like, my world is done It's like being stuck in a Twilight film. Yeah, it's not like that. It's called hell. (laughs) It's called hell. Rainy hell. I don't know. It's it's hard to critique your own taste in music. What You've listened to what I like to listen to. Sort of, yeah. What would you say? Well... I don't really don't care how I listen. You know, you say what you feel. What do I feel about you? It does nothing for me, but you yeah, but like, on the if there was a depression scale. Oh, it's oh, it's 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 down there. Is it really? Oh yeah. Is it really? Oh yeah. Is it really mopey? It, I do find when it's in the car and I'm picking people up, it just brings down the mood. But I'm loving it. I'm the only one in the car loving it. I look in the mirror and everyone's just on wi- their phone and look out the window. <laughs> If you have so, the windows yeah. down, loads of pedestrians throw themselves in front of your car. Yeah. Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Chucking themselves. Yeah. They're, sad, they're, they're sad enough already, you cannot play them that stuff. No. Yeah. It, it, will, it will end them. Yeah. Their careers are already dashed. But when I meet someone who... <laughs> There's no future in what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Then Luke drives by with Lana Del Rey blasting out the window. Uh, you know, that's, some, that's someone who... I've taken from like my teenage years, and it just hasn't really left. Oh, right, but I, okay. it's one of those where I skip she's, it every time, just skip through it. She's she's all right though. She like she's all right. Mm. That's exactly what I think now. She's all right. I just can't bother getting her out of the playlist. Yeah, for for electronic stuff, Kraftwerk is probably the place that I always go, and it's not a place that I go to that is often that, anymore. Isn't that is that a, a, isn't that the big collectors thing? Yeah, I've got is yeah, that, isn't it? yeah. I haven't listened to any of that. They're great. Yeah. They're, especially the yeah, early stuff, when they sort of rough. got, when they they sort of went a bit dancey, I think, mm. you know, as they sort of just remixed everything because they didn't want to put anything else out. You know, yeah, I don't really like the remixes. I no. like the, 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 the raw, br- brutally uh, <laughs> sparse stuff that came out at the start with. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, hit that a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, yeah, but like the early stuff, especially like Radioactivity and Trans Europe Express and the Man Machine mm. and Autobahn as well. Really, those mm. first like oh, first four, they're just oh, great. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's just got a thing about it that it's not sort of it's not electronic in sort of what people think is dance music. Yeah, I'm not saying dance music either. Yeah, it's sort of it inspired a lot of dance music. Didn't oh it, yeah, but mm. it isn't dance music. Well, they, not unless you've like a very <laughs> metronomic, sparse beat to uh, yeah. to jig along to. Songs about trains. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to dance. <laughs> it want to move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think my my taste is varied. I'd listen to anything, literally anything, and probably enjoy it. I'm trying to listen to more stuff. I know. I know. Um, apart from honestly, apart from like you know the top. 100 in the UK and oh, stuff that I can't. Yeah, the charts are I'm, just I'm trap yeah. beats and rap. I really can't do it. I'm usually alright, listen to anything, but I just can't do it. I've been trying to listen to Stephen Wilson. I know, I think, 
probably just before Christmas, I think I put a tweet out saying where should I start. I know that I think you replied, didn't you, Jim, with sort of you should start yeah, here. Um, yeah, and I think I sent you a, a link to Spotify playlists. As yeah, well. I think the thing that it's it it's been tricky for me to sort of I can understand what he's doing and I can appreciate what he's doing, but then because his big thing at the minute is sort of consumerism, isn't it? And how you know that he likes that sort of that topic of writing. Yeah. And then as he's sort of writing about that, he's <laughs> re-releasing tons of albums in different formats in box sets. And <laughs> that, Steve, Complaining uh, about units being shifted. To- yeah, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no way. You know, sh- you should do it properly. But you can buy this box set that's got the cassette, the vinyl, a coloured vinyl, a CD, a booklet, a VHS. And it's like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because he was in. Do, Por- do what I say. Don't do what I do. <laughs> He's because he was in Porcupine Tree, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Porcupine Tree is a very strange history because it was uh, he invented it as a fake band. He had this little project where he thought, um, I'm, "I'll pretend there was a band around in in the seventies, a progressive rock band in the seventies." Um, and I think he put up a uh, like a, a fake website. It wasn't d- designed to dupe people, I don't think. Yeah. It was like an exercise, almost like an artistic exercise. Um, uh, and he thought, well, I better make some music to go along with it. Uh, and he started making this music, Porcupine Tree, which is, I think, to start with, mostly solo stuff. Yeah. You know, he's playing everything. Um, and then he kind of thought, well, fuck it, we might as well, <laughs> we might as well make a band out of this. Uh, and he got one of the uh, keyboard players, Richard Barbieri, um, from Japan, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, we got him him on board and various other musicians, and uh, they became a, a band mm. um, in in their own right. And then uh, you know just releasing material like everyone else does because they're coming back uh, now, aren't so they? Yeah. As well, yeah, they got a new album coming. Yeah, out, yeah. Um, interesting. But, uh, no, I doubt I doubt that will be electronic. Yeah. But speaking about um, primitive synthesizers, um, do either of you ever listen to any anything that could be described as hauntology? Hauntological music. <laughs> this doesn't sound like something I should be. They <laughs> stare vaguely at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite hard to define what it is, but it's a kind of. Um, I'm going to Google it now. <laughs> it's, be it's, careful what you type. It's probably more. <laughs> it's probably more aimed at sort of my age group than yours, because I'm obviously considerably older than, than you two, sadly. Um, but it's. Uh, there's lots of uh, kind of visual work that goes with it. They take a lot of time on the sleeves to get them to uh, to appear to have been made sort of early to mid seventies with the same sort of um, uh, design work and the same sort of uh, graphics that you would get in those days. Uh, they use the, the old primitive analog synthesizers, hmm. um, and the music is kind of evocative of. The time, and not necessarily the mu- music in the charts for the time, but you know the stuff that you would get. Sort of soundscape. Like school... Well, more like on the sound, something you get like on a, a program for schools or something like that. When they wheel like in the tally with the video. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone cheers, and the yeah. teacher appears never to have seen a telly before. Yeah. How does this switch on? Can, can anyone help? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's quite it's it's quite hard to describe, but um, but yeah, modern you know um, relatively well known bands like Boards of Canada do things like that. 
um, that would fall into that that bracket. And there's bands like the Advisory Circle and Belbury Poly who who almost exclusively do this kind of stuff. Um, but it's very odd. They'll take snippets out of public information films as well, right. um, and you'll just get a little sample of a, a voice um, from one of those in there over this kind of slightly odd, often quite unsettling. Mm. sort of primitive synthesizer backdrop um it's very hard to describe um i'll, I'll, get, I'll give you a link to the spotify playlist i've made send us a link send us a link <laughs> yeah if anyone's interested uh but it's it, it's it's odd um it sounds it's very like hard to like what yeah, you you you, yeah. Might, you might like it, Luke. It's it, it reminds it makes me think of theme tunes for programs that were never made mm. in oh, yeah. the '70s. You know, so they'll be like like three minutes long or something. They're not massive sprawling prog yeah. epics or anything. But they, yeah, slightly odd. Normally, slightly unsettling. But there's a kind of I think when younger people listen to it, there's a kind of like enforced nostalgia, nostalgia for something they don't actually remember. Yeah, yeah. But with someone of my, <laughs> someone of my age listens to it. I, I remember when stuff like that was out. You know, but again, I say not in the charts, but you would hear it in places. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's odd. It's quite, it's, it's quite odd. But it's, uh, yeah, it's something, it's something to look into if you're interested in that. Kind oh of yeah, stuff. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna go there. I mean, it sounds like something. I'd really yeah, like. you'd, it's perfect for you run to run stuff. over your clowns with. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I love creepy synth and and well, that's one of your uh, your favourite things to do. Is that just before we hit record? Normally, a, a switch on <laughs> the keyboards, give him a ton of reverb and delay, and he just sits there, just white noise, low drone, cut off resonance on full. You nearly died when I brought the theremin. Oh, I love theremins. <laughs> I love that. I still haven't had a go of it. Have you still not had a go? No. Hard, oh. hard to play, though, aren't they? Hard yeah. To play, you know, to get a tune out of them. I, f- I, I had one, and I lost it for years and years. I just could not find it anywhere. I just thought, well, I've lent it to somebody. I did lend it to Tim, and he said, no, 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 you definitely had it back. And then it just appeared one day. I just, It was just there. So, mm. playing itself. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Here I am. <laughs> so, uh, I'm back. Yeah. So, well, now it's back. You'll have to have a go. I'd love to have a we go. We could release it as a special podcast, just you experimenting. Oh, God, God, like 24 hours. <laughs> For seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, um, I think the fact that I like Tiny Tim's music. Right, okay. says a lot about my taste in yeah, music. Interesting, not as a Christmas song. You don't. Well, you don't. Uh, you don't strike me as a music hall fan. Pardon? Well, that sort of you know, early twentieth century, late nineteenth. You know, no British music hall stuff that everybody seems to use as a creepy soundtrack for a horror film. I know. I, I hate of... that. <laughs> I was listening to that before it was on Insidious, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I like Tiny Tim. Don't do that to him. He was a lovely man. He was a lovely man. Well, I'm sure he was. What do you mean, tiptoe through the tulips, Tiny Tim? Yeah. Tiptoe through the tulips. That's what he's here. (laughs) Tim! (laughs) He just goes by Jim for podcast purposes. (laughs) I am Tim Cameron, Tiny Tim. And Strawberry Tea. I like that one as well. Oh, I like Tiny Tim. I don't know what. 
His little ukulele. Is a ukulele he uses, isn't it? As, yeah. yeah. George Formby's banjo Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> With my little ukulele in my hand. <laughs> George! They're all coming through tonight. <laughs> get a candle, get a candle quick. <laughs> I've got so, my spirit guide with me. Brilliant. I'm being channel, oh, channeling through me. I'll tell you what, just to carry on then from uh, what we discussed with Matt from Neither the Time Nor the Space, a Doctor Ooh, Who yeah, podcast. Excellent episode. Um, mm. l- l- let's, let's do a little bit of that. Um, ghosts, yay, nay, unsure. If you're enjoying this content, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, give us a like and a review. Uh, unsure. I'd like, I'd like them to exist. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, same. Uh, because I am godless. <laughs> I am an. He's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I paint myself in woad nightly in the bay at the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Um. So you know, for me, there is. Uh, I don't think there's anything at the end. Um, but it'd be interesting if there was. Mm. Um, the only downside, of course, is that uh, are there many documented happy ghosts? Most of them seem a bit mizzed, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Have you ever ex- have you ever experienced anything paranormal? Uh, I don't think so. I had one of those, you know, the, one of those things that happens in a waking moment, and you're not quite sure whether you dreamt it or not. Mm. Mm. Um, Sleep paralysis. I went. I went Sleep paralysis. I think so. Right. Well, I went to um, uh, my mum's one year, and uh, my stepdad had just died that year, and it was Christmas Day, and I felt a bit ill in the morning for some reason. I don't know why. I hadn't pissed it up particularly the night before. And it <laughs> well. so, so I went upstairs for for a lie down, and I went into one of the bedrooms, and, as opposed um, to the bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I normally sleep in a in a pool of my own vomit <laughs> and piss <laughs> and piss and worse, sometimes. of course. <laughs> it's very hard to sleep when you've got a lump in the back of your trousers. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that a scrunchie? Or, uh, oh, <laughs> he sat on the soap. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the soap? It certainly does. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I went up into one of the bedrooms, yeah, weirdly, um, and shut the curtains and everything, and I had a bit of a lie down, and I kind of was sort of dozing off a bit. And then uh, my, my late stepfather had a very distinctive clearing of his throat, which he used to do quite a lot of sort of. <clears throat> <like that. laughs> Is that distinctive or just very stupid? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I heard that right in my ear oh. when I was lying <laughs> there. And I woke up with a start, and I, and I literally thought someone was next to me. So I mm. looked around, and I turned on the light. Punched the cat. <laughs> <laughs> cat had a hairball, it turned out. So I killed it for frightening me. Drowned it in his bath. <laughs> <laughs> of vomit. In his pissy bath. Pissy, shissy bath. <laughs> That's what I would have wanted. Um, so, yeah, that was... I'm trying to think of anything else. I've been to a few places that are supposed to be haunted. Um, 
And I have occasionally got that sort of, you know, the rush of cold air you're supposed mm. to get. But then, yeah, these places are drafty anyway. So It always tends to be a place that's very stony, hasn't got double glazing, yeah. no. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's very cold in here. You know, He's got a faulty desk fan, yeah. you know, all those sort of things. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was... I'm trying to think of anything. My memory is terrible, so it's quite possible I have done uh, experience of this stuff. But, yeah, that was the one that freaked me out the most, I think. Because it just felt so completely like it was just lying there next to me. Yeah. I've had a and you know when you feel like there's a presence... You know, when you, you if you're in a room, I don't know if it's like a yeah a seventh seventh sense or something. You, are, you it's like when you know you're being watched. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out you are. That happens so often that you wonder if there is some kind of mm. extra sense that we've got. Um, and there's also a sense where you can tell whether a house has got someone in it or not, isn't there? Yeah. Without having to hear, you can sometimes sense really? it. Really. And I just sense of someone right next to me. Well, it's, there yeah, tends to be some sort of a yeah. presence, especially like you say on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, I'll laugh later. Yeah, oh, I felt this presence I got under it. the tree. They were good grief. Yeah. I've had a couple of those. <laughs> Do you want to wake up and you hear things? I don't think it's 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 like a subtle sleep paralysis. I a subtle sleep paralysis. Well, because it's not like I open my eyes and can see something in the corner. Yeah, but but you see that people when who who see that are like, oh, I can't move. Mm. But um, I've, know, ne- like, I've I, never experienced. Sleep paralysis, anyway. You know, where those sort of people are locked in, and they and they sort of can't well, wake up. It's not less sleep paralysis, more like mm. um, like in Jim's situation and mine. I'll say my story on his own. Um, it's like you just haven't woke up. What? Pardon? <laughs> just haven't woke up yet. <laughs> Pretty much, isn't it? And like the, I mean, it might not be, but this is the theory that okay. you haven't woke up yet, and you're still in that like dreamlike state, and um. Your imagination's running wild, stuff like that. I'm not a scientist, mm. but no. <laughs> but that's pretty much what they think anyway. No. But I, I I only ever had <laughs> I had three things, three experiences of this actually. One was a bee, and it went right in my ear. I could feel it, <laughs> and I woke up and it was gone. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, it's, it's not. It's nothing like. It's hardly paranormal, is it? A no, bee it's, it's not paranormal. <laughs> But look, like a, but a blob, of, it, blob of earwax fell out. But it was so real, though. It was so so real. And then it could have been a bee there, but I don't know. Another one was a someone's mm. rustling a plastic bag in my room. <laughs> but it's true that I really thought that someone must have been in yeah, my that's, room. That's a bit creepy. Yeah. Um, Wasn't your mum empty in the bin or anything? Was no, because it? it was the middle of the night. It was but, Christmas Eve, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the wrapping of when paper. When I wake up, there were presents. For <laughs> sake. And the other one, I did actually have my eyes open. Right. This was cool. So, um, I was very young, but uh, I had VHS tapes on a bookshelf mm. opposite my bed. I opened my eyes and I couldn't, I didn't really move. So this might be an instance of sleep paralysis. And you know the movie, Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> Do you know the no. Three Men and the Baby? Yep. Yeah? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Well, it was a VHS of that. I could see the three people on the front cover like that. With a baby <laughs> in the middle. And uh, they just started moving. All of them started moving, Ooh. like in stop motion, started winking at me. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, honestly. Started doing what? Oh. <laughs> Not doing an ad trick. 
No. No, I'll do an ad right now. <laughs> Offer a quick wink. <laughs> I always thought it was a complete wink. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's that's all my things. But in each scenario, apart from the three men and the baby one, because that's ludicrous, mm. I thought that was totally real. And it could be. Ghost be. Yeah, it could be. Ghost be confirmed. Well, what about what about um, uh, outer space? Oh. Aliens. UFOs. Yoffs. Yoffs. I was thinking as I was listening to that, uh, you all had brilliant stories, and I thought... I've got nothing on the <laughs> oh, yeah, but No one's got a goblin story, have they? Well, we, I couldn't believe that when we that phoned ex- him. That was exciting. That was exciting. <laughs> no, I haven't seen anything. Nothing. Oh, the goblin! <laughs> <laughs> of course! Was it, the goblin did something. Was it? Did it laugh or something? Was it, it was something goblin, wasn't it? Yeah, he, it just it, went past him, didn't uh, it? it was, he the was throwing the, the I think it was, he was throwing the ball for the dog and... The dog didn't come back with the ball, and he shouted the dog, and the next thing, it hit him on the leg, and it was the dog that was on his leg, so whatever was yeah, getting the and ball... Yeah, you could still see, the, yeah. still see the eyes in the distance. Brilliant. That Horrible. was just the red-eyed, red-eyed goblin or something. Like. Six-foot-tall yeah, goblin. <laughs> I wouldn't leave the house. No, you'd that. be... Oh, actually, um, later on, we haven't said this, um, but I think the eyes was a different story. I think yeah. the, he, there was a goblin that brushed past him, but the eyes one was there was this a bank and it was like six foot up eyes and he thought that was a dog because he used to have the torch and oh the head torch yeah, yeah that was shine. um but oh, I, yeah I conflated the two stories yeah so later yeah. on yeah you found out or Tim found out oh yeah Tim googled it after we'd finished recording I don't have to finish it that there's um apparently. <laughs> 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 That apparently there is a legend of some sort of a, a Bigfoot goblin thing that is in Slangotlin. I thought it was a Sasquatch. Oh, Bigfoot. Oh, did you say Bigfoot? Yeah. I thought it was a goblin. Well, I said Bigfoot goblin thing. They're, oh, they're not the, the same thing. goblin with big feet. Yeah, a goblin with big feet. <laughs> a clown. A goblin's very different to Bigfoot. <laughs> well, a goblin in clown shoes. Yeah. You've probably run <laughs> one over. No? <laughs> Greys. 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 Greys Anatomy. That went on, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait Greys Anatomy? Yeah. No, UFOs. You I asked know, Jim I about know, UFOs. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think they are aliens, and I don't see why they wouldn't uh, be curious about us. I think one of you said that it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous and arrogant, isn't it, to assume that we could be the only planet that can sustain it life i'm not saying life exactly like us but life of any sort yeah well if i believe that <laughs> <laughs> ludicrous. no i don't believe that no, i would completely <laughs> agree <laughs> that's it yeah just... nothing <laughs> nothing just me no, not podcast i'm not saying uh, that the sun sh- mm. i'm not saying that the sun shines <laughs> shines around on me but it shines on the earth which then shines on me <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree, though. That has to be. Yeah, you know, know. it's sort of... Whether they've come down and with their probes and done, huh? the, yeah, done their business and... Yeah. Well, don't know. Don't know about it's that It's like one. a probe up at some sort of deep south hick is another question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we on? Why are we? Where are we are. Good grief. Do you work... Do you, I can't remember... 
do you want there to be aliens? Yeah, I'd say would so. Would it be good if, if we were contacted? Would you expect them to be benevolent or not? Well, I think I'd like them to be in the sort of, in the day the earth stood still kind of way. Like, you're messing this up now. So, come on, sort it out. Or Gort will get you. You know. <laughs> not not the Keanu Reeves one. I just want to make that very clear uh, to anybody. Oh, well, no, nat- naturally. Naturally, naturally yeah. not that. Luke? I think I'd want one like uh, District 9. District 9? Yeah. Where they sort of live in harmony, but it's like... <laughs> but I'm imagining the greys, not like cockroaches or whatever they were. Like lobsters, weren't they? Right. I'm imagining greys, traditional greys. Your traditional alien? Yeah, with the big big eyes. <laughs> Your proper alien. Yeah. yeah. None proper, of that rubbish. You hit that with a baseball bat and it was pop like a melon. Right. One of those big bulbous heads. <laughs> So well, at least you know the, how to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> Green goo everywhere. If they get uppity. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah just, everyone, everyone has a baseball bat. Exactly. Yeah. Just in case. It doesn't take much. But yeah, mm. I want that. District 9. Uh, I don't want to treat them as harshly as they do in District 9 now. I think that's a bit mean. But uh, well, I did harsh. just say, you know, yeah. one good whack of a baseball bat and they'll pop like yeah, a melon. Yeah, you don't know if they've got mind <laughs> control or if they can like pull the skin back on their finger and do something with that. Right. You don't know, do you? They're aliens. So yeah, I think I want that. But in a perfect world, I'd rather them just you stay up there. We'll stay down here. We'll come visit you in like ten years, though. Yeah, but when that ten years comes, yeah, how do you expect them to be? What are they going to do? Um, well, how would we we react? Well, they'd just be mass panic, wouldn't they? Mass panic. All, go, ah. yeah. all, all the Doctor Who podcasts exploding would go like dead. <laughs> just That'd like, be the first sign, I reckon. I'd like to think we'd just get along, and then I can have a, finally have a grey, who's my friend, yeah. called Fleb or something. Fleb. <laughs> I think that's what I like. Fleb the grey. On, yeah. on your planet, you would pronounce it Fleb. That's <laughs> what I said, Fleb. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, go. Uh, so aliens, yeah. Are you we're, big? Yay, big, big, big yay. A big yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big yay. Big yay. Yeah, big, big yay all around. Yeah, they can come and visit if they like. Yeah, as long as they behave themselves. Yeah. If you could reincarnate anybody, who who would you get back? I would. You what go, like in celebrities? Well, it's going to be Paul Darrow, isn't it? Who's that? Because of uh, your. <laughs> Your favourite uh, performance <laughs> ever in any episode of Doctor Who. And he yeah. is the traitor. <laughs> it's yeah. called it's treason. Traitor. And he. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. Oh, who would it be? Oh, you better get reincarnated. With a scream. He acts as if there is a skull. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> And his legs on like a, a little shelf thing. Yeah. <laughs> All his other. lines are addressed to Yorick. Yeah. <laughs> Alas, talking doctor. To, talking to limelight. <laughs> uh, now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious son by the son of York. <laughs> In the yeah, year yeah, that you, you call. Paul, Paul, is that how you're going to play it? Is that how you're going to play it? Spot on. Are you sure yes. about that, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I am but the conduit of the acting lords. (laughs) 
reincarnate. My body someone... is a tool. <laughs> <laughs> reincarnate someone into like a, a like a dog or. Well, no. If you could just bring, if you could bring somebody back, um, resuscitate. Yeah, resus. Well, I don't know because I, I don't like. Is it because I just sprung it on you? I think. Well, I just don't really think. If you bring back a celebrity, it doesn't mean I get to see them. I'll tell you right. Let's rephrase the question. If you could have dinner, let's do the 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 classic. If you could have dinner with any celebrity who's no longer with us, let's don't do current. No currents in the curry. No currents in the curry. All right. Who would it? <laughs> who would it? Who Open would you eyes. pick? Um, I love currents in curry. Am I? Interesting. Um, well, what about that? Oh, John. Yeah, John. It'd be John Pertwee. Yeah. Out of all of history, they don't have to just have been in Doctor Who. <laughs> well, I like him. I just want to see if he likes me. You can have... <laughs> all right, okay. An evening with Pertwee. Oh, my God. That'd be a good special, wouldn't it? it I mean, perhaps we should get a ghost box. <laughs> It'd be a bit of a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> a scoop. We get a couple. If you could interview John Pertwee now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. There's so many to choose from. Mm. I'd probably just roll, a, uh, go on a random, generator. go on the randomizer, randomizer, yeah, and just pick a name, mm. any name. What about you, Jim? Please not Hitler. Please. Where, not. where have you, you get Dale Winton? It's like <laughs> yeah. Dale Winton. Damn you, randomizer! Yeah, supermarket sweep. That's all he wants to talk about. Who's that? You don't know who Dale Winton is? No. Well, perhaps you're lucky. You're lucky. Soon we forget. <laughs> who would you have, Jim? That's a very interesting question. I quite like. Like for a, just like a meal and a chat with, I quite like someone like Kenneth Williams because mm. I reckon he's got a ton of funny stories and he's a brilliant storyteller, isn't he? Yeah, raconteur sort of thing. Uh, so I like that. John Lennon would be interesting, I think. Mm. Get him back. Yeah, those those two are the ones that jump to mind, really. Mm. Can I have both? That'd be a weird. Uh, yeah, go for it. Weird it's a big table. <laughs> You can split the bill that way as well. It works out cheaper. <laughs> cheaper for resus and cheaper for food. Yes. They can play with a ghost currency. Can't yeah. They? <laughs> yeah, I think. Kubrick. Wow. I thought now Kubrick. Ooh, yeah. I want Kubrick back. That'd be interesting. I want to talk to him. Yeah. Really want to talk to him. You really want to talk to him? I really want to talk well, to Luke, him. Well, Luke, I'm excited to say. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, surprise! <laughs> no, not Scylla. It's <laughs> yeah. I think I'd go... Um, I'd either go Eric Morecambe. I think he'd be a riot. Morecambe and Wyatt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Eric. Uh, no, just, just Eric, please. No, Ernie. Um, you know the straight man. Yeah, uh, or... Maybe... Oh, Peter Sellers? Maybe somebody sort of yeah, but I don't think he was much fun without a script, was he, Peter Sellers? <laughs> oh. I mean, it's your, it's your choice. I, I don't want to uh, well, push your squee. Yeah, you know. Well, you know. Um. Oh, maybe that's it then. Maybe that's it then. <laughs> I just, you say on the table a boring silent <laughs> yeah. night with Peter Sellers on the other side of the table. <laughs> 
Pastor Corey. You're going to push over a goon show script. I was going to say, yeah, well, let's, let's go the whole hog. Let's get Harry Seacombe as well. <laughs> <laughs> Spike Milligan. I th- Spike Milligan would be a good choice, actually. I reckon he'd be full of stories. Yeah, he's full of yeah. shit. <laughs> well, as long as you didn't catch him in one of his sort of depressed modes, yeah. I think, you know. There's quite a lot of those sort of 70s comedians are very, or were, you know, very damaged I think it's mm. it must be war, isn't it? That, that you know they've all served when they were a certain age, and it sort of scars yeah, them to a certain point. A lot, yeah, a lot more than us. Yeah, yeah, a lot more than our generation. Yeah, it's like people are panicking now because they've got to wear a mask to go in the shop. It's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's only the Dunkirk spirit, is it? Yeah, yeah, the, you know, the oh, spirit. You know, I'm not doing it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm going to invent some reason, some scientific reason why I shouldn't wear yep. one. Sorry, just put it on. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. But I can't <laughs> breathe. I'm sure there's some cases where they can't. Well, yeah, you know, there, there's some genuine reasons. But you know, if it means that much, just put it on. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sing. 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 Uh, well, I'm, I do apologise. I just need to go and have a, a quick relief. Oh, <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what my other topics were. The film one. The oh, yeah. Well, yeah the history of filmmaking, or... <sighs> Is that where you're on? Is film getting shitter? Yes or no? Or maybe. <laughs> in some ways, yes. Some in other way, ways, yeah. no. Which ways, yeah? Well, blockbuster, blockbuster filmmaking. Uh, I mean, the te- technical nature of it is astonishing. Yeah. But what about the, what about the content? What are we getting? I mean, the biggest films at the moment are what are. Uh, Marvel blockbusters, you know, how many times can you see the same origin story for a superhero yeah. just because they've cast a new actor? I mean, what's going on with that? Yeah, they're the ones that are making most of the money. Mm-hmm. Dominating yeah, cinemas, something a bit... Yeah, yeah. I, like well, I mean, yeah, because they're but... popular. Yeah, and it's a dominating cinema. Like James Bond did, actually. When that came out, it mm. was... Whoa. I think if a screens good no if a cinema's got like 20 screens which is a big cinema good god at least half of them will be james bond just james bond on repeat yeah um yeah different different starting times yeah but it just means that other films can't get in there and get their film scene but i don't know maybe films aren't getting shitter but i just think <laughs> <laughs> sorry I've, I've just joined you back right Old. There was a man sleeping in the bath covered feeling, in piss and shit. Feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just the qu- pulled the plug feet. out. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, our film's getting shitter. Do you know what? Funny enough you should mention this. Me and Tim were talking about something the other day that was that isn't necessarily related to film, but I think sort of might fit into a lot of genres of the arts and you know thespians alike thespians. i think 
there's a tendency now to sort of, which is good in some respects, that people sort of will just give anything a go. And you see some actors now that seem to have great roles in things that aren't necessarily the strongest actors or bands that make it big or even artists that sort of, they're in the mainstream, but for some sort of unknown, they're very popular, but technically they're not excellent. And we sort of came to the conclusion that maybe it's something to do with the schooling that years ago you would have to sort of hone your craft before you got to a certain point. And it seems much easier now, especially with things like the X Factor and, you know, Britain's Got Talent, where if you can do something to a certain level, that's good enough for us to sort of use you. Because we were having this conversation, we, we had this conversation after we interviewed Mike Batt, where he was saying about arranging and film scoring and how people like, as good as they are, Hans Zimmer, has a very specific specific style of writing, of using a droney pad and an ostinato that's just going to go over and over again. Whereas years ago, you look back at like the Henry Mancini's and the big composers, even John Williams, they studied for so long to hone their craft that, of course, they're well-known because they, they took so long to get to that point of, you know, their education... And I'm not saying that it should be like that. You have to work so hard and you have to buy all these books to do all your work to sort of figure everything out. But I think there is a bit of that that's lost nowadays in a lot of in a lot of things, really, that people sort of, it's good enough that, there you go, yeah. it's good enough rather mm-hmm. than sort of, and especially with things like I know personally, my other half watches a lot of stuff on Netflix and some of the acting, oh. and some of the stories and things that get made, it it just boggles my mind. And obviously it appeals to a certain, you know, to certain people. But you just think, good God, <laughs> what have we become? Well, yeah, well, Netflix is, has to pack out its content all the time because people yeah. are paying something every month and they want to see something new, don't they? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quality's going to suffer. Def- definitely. Um and you know it's you know you you sift through Netflix and you I mean you you're lucky if you find a, a mm. nugget of gold really mm. um, and normally it's stuff you've heard heard about or something that you know, you already knew about and then makes its way to Netflix sort mm. of thing isn't it I mean it's a net, the Netflix own stuff can be of highly variable quality I think as yeah well. sometimes Sorry. yeah sometimes some, something like Disney you know I really like the Mandalorian mm. you know that has come out of the fact that Disney has a, a streaming channel now. Um, and you know that amount of regular income, you know, gives them enough money to to do what they want. Sorry, Luke. No, I interrupted you um, again. Now <laughs> you <laughs> bastard, and uh, he is the traitor. <laughs> <laughs> and he is the interrupter. <laughs> um, I think with Netflix as well, it gives. There are good things with Netflix. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the amount good, yeah. of foreign mm-hmm. cinema. That we're seeing is amazing. Mm. Subtitles yeah. are coming in. People don't mind watching with subtitles. Yeah, no, no longer a dirty word, are they? Yeah. People are quite happy to sit subtitles. subtitles. I ain't watching nothing with no subtitles on. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Not enough titles in this. No way. <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> Give me Paul Darrow any day of the week. <laughs> He knew how to act. He knew how to, <laughs> chew. <laughs> he knew how to chew up a scenery. <laughs> 
Um, he knew how to treat a school. Yeah. <laughs> also, with Netflix, <laughs> directors. Mm. Okay. If you, if you notice, they, they flock to it, really. Because Netflix is saying, we'll give you the money, make what you want. They just want the name. And the directors will think, right, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, I've had this idea that I wanted to do, but I haven't had um, the chance to make it yet, just because lots of production companies just say no. <laughs> um, Although they just, they give, it's easier to get your foot in the door, do you think? They don't mean well-known directors. Oh, right. Something. So they, Sorry. They, all right, it, so the money just makes them... Yeah, so they're well-known, and yeah, they just want the name Netflix. Money talks, dear. And this director's thinking, this is free money. I can make what I wanted to make this whole time. Mm. You get things like The Irishman. Woman. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll get oh, I know, uh, I know what you mean, yeah. Recently Don't Look Up by the... I got, I'm terrible names, but the guy who did The, the Big Show and stuff like that. Uh, the Irishman yeah. wasn't bad, but fucking hell. Don't, have you seen Don't Look Up? Not yet, no. <laughs> I haven't watched That's it. Stinky. I str- to be fair, it's I struggle stinky. with a lot of modern films especially, and even modern TV. Because I don't watch a lot of television for, you know, considering we do a a television-based podcast, you know, it's sort of, it's like 60 years old now. It's, you know, the the modern TV, modern TV just doesn't seem to appeal to me. That's, I was going to, I'm going to come on to something in a minute, but. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Mm. Um, I find myself, what, certain. Oh, sorry, I, I find myself watching a lot of old stuff. You know, I'll just get I'll get a box set of Secret Army or something like that and mm. just watch it. And and the acting is, you know, people think that acting is. I think a lot of people think acting is improved. Um, I think when t- TV first started, a lot of people were used to acting on stage, and therefore some of them f- pulled arrow maybe <laughs> found it difficult to tone <laughs> things down a little bit for the you know for the small screen and, and stuff yeah. like that. But in general, there've been some you know the writing is excellent and the acting is brilliant. And another uh, one of the reasons for that may be is that um, you know where you're saying that kind of fast tracking of, of of things. I suppose it's similar in a way. And it's the way the things are made these days, you know, single camera, mm. run through the lines, then film. Whereas in the old days, it was rehearse, 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 yeah. film. Well, it's, you could, get a complete, completely different product at the end of it, I think. Yeah, because I know there was an interview with Jodie about one of the... I know flux is tricky to say because of the whole COVID situation. But she said that the first time that she uh, like rehearsed one of the scenes was as they pressed record. Like, like she hadn't run through, they didn't do a read-through of the scene no, that she was going to do. The first time that she spoke those lines out with somebody else wasn't on Zoom or on a Skype call. It was as they pressed record. Why? I don't believe that. Well, bring it up with her. It's like <laughs> I find that very it's hard dis- to believe. Surely not. Did the director want spontaneity or something? Or did they run out of time or what? What did they do? I don't know. I mean, that sounds half-arsed, doesn't it, really? Well, it's true. It sounds fishy. Well, I don't know. I'll I'll call her in a sec. Give her a ring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We finished Netflix, though. Yeah. Diaries and stuff like that. I think uh, just something shouldn't be made. And Jim's right that all this influx of all this content that they need, 
Um, it just feeds the beast, doesn't it? Yeah. I think when you've got this juggernaut that's just renowned for just mm. churning out. And, and it, I think it, to a ex- certain extent, Marvel has become one of those things. Like, I personally, I can't stand like any of that Marvel stuff. I'm just not a superhero but it just doesn't appeal no, to it me. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for me either. If but, cinemas and directors go into Netflix, then what's left with cinema? Like if theatres and stuff like that. Yeah, I suppose. But you could say the same thing. Like Netflix had to be a thing because cinemas was, was uh, dying. Well, it was. It's just it became so expensive to go to yeah. the, to go to the pictures. Like uh, one of the last yeah. films that we went to see. Well, a few years ago, pro- you know, I know we've been we've been to the, the, the one of the big things that I remember seeing was the the Planet of the Apes oh, island, Ape? I think Skull Island was it or something? King Kong, was it King Kong? Skull, oh, King Kong. yeah, yeah, sequel. Oh, and awful. it was it cost us something like fifty five pounds to go to the pictures. No way, yeah, we like food though. Well, to, to go well to Odeon because that's the only one. I wasn't driving, no. you know. Was it just you and yeah, fifty five quid. Yeah. Was it IMAX or? Oh, I don't know. Well, it still wouldn't just be a big telly, isn't it? You must have had some food. Did, what did the, you sit next to the projectionist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the screen. How the, how the seats were good. <laughs> <laughs> we watched everything mirrored from behind the... Th- <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Netflix will... In, in your own separate throne. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Big fed peeled grapes by lackeys. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'll up the charge for Netflix? Uh, if they yeah. do, I'd I'd cancel. It, really, really? Well, I don't pay for it, and that's true. You know, my my the only thing I pay for is the Brit Box. You know, the proper entertainment, yeah. <laughs> proper streaming, yeah. 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 streaming as it should be. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God streaming. Yeah, you know, the platform of the gods. It's um, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing really that's on Netflix that. I no, watch. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I can't think the last time that I went onto Netflix to watch something. Yeah, I'm the same, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think Netflix, I find more to enjoy on other streaming services than I do on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, my daughter watches quite quite a lot of stuff on Netflix, but uh, I think Disney Channel is half decent. If you like any of the Star Wars franchise stuff, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's worth, it's worth having. Um, but Britbox, for me, is, you know, I like that. I mean, and it's not all the same era, is it? You know, just some of it's quite recent, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, yeah. Box, but I do, they have got I a do nice like cross the section. Uh, like, there's, yeah, yeah. They've just got a bit of everything, and it's and it, it, it tends yeah. to be the things that oh god, I haven't seen that for ages, and it's sort of yeah. I've been doing a big Dad's Army rewatch, and uh-huh. I would watch it on like the D, on the videos of the DVDs that I've got, but it's just so easy to just go like that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, yeah. I know it sounds awful that I can't be bothered to walk the five foot over there to just go. Oh no, <laughs> I'm I'm the, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. But you know, but I mean, you can watch it in, in you watch it bed and anything off the phone. Yeah, that's you? the that's thing. The isn't beauty it? of it really is just they can access it from anywhere really without it. <laughs> I mean, we will turn it to the people in <clears throat> the people in Warley, won't we? Yeah. Just floating around, you know, watching Netflix. That will that will be our, our own little bubbles. It's yeah, uh, vestigial legs because we don't walk anywhere anymore. Yeah, just flapping about. So Something to look forward to. Well, you know, it's the future, isn't it? It's the future. So just mm. steering slightly back towards Doctor Who because I mentioned it a minute oh. ago. Well, go on. Did you have something else that you wanted to say? Well, just that Mike Bat some, said something on the last episode, and I was like, oh, 
about music and how it's deteriorated since 1900s. Since the 1900s. Yeah, I mean... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know what he said. I know what you mean, and I know what he was sort of getting at, because it was Tim that brought it up, wasn't yeah. it? That since the turn of the century, music has sort of mainstream music has just simplified and simplified and simplified, and it will get to a point where we're probably at that point now where rap is one chord, and I'm not saying this to be sort of it's just one chord and it's a lot of rubbish. It's you know it's one chord. And a beat. And they do what they want over that, and then it's done. It has probably got to the simplest form that it can survive in before it just goes back the other way. In the mainstream, Mm. I would have thought. Yeah, I remember, I like to watch that. um, They do an annual Top of the Pops thing, don't they? Where they just do the big hits of the year. I think they do one at Christmas and one at New Year. I try and watch that every year just in case I sort of miss something. But it's a. I mean, a couple of years ago, everything sounded exactly the same. It had a a very sparse beat and a a very feeble sequenced line from something. Yeah. And then someone singing over the top. And that was it for almost. Almost every, I mean, this is a classic old fart thing to say. Yeah, I know. But every single thing sounded almost identical. Um, and then this year I watched it, and that had gone away. You know, the, the arrangements and stuff were much more interesting, and various, you know, good stuff was going on. But everyone had the same voice. Yeah. Even the female singers sounded quite similar to the, the male singers, but they mm. all had the same voice. It was really strange. It's like accent, isn't it? It's, I imagine. Yeah. If, what is that yeah. accent? It's a strange, like, pronunciation thing. It's it's sort of... I think it appeared in that sort of punk rock thing where a lot of American bands put on this sort of strange mid-Atlantic pronunciation of things. And then all the sort of London artists that started to appear started to sort of talk with this... Like, they were trying to impersonate them, but they already sort of sounded... So all of this sort of strange pronunciation of stuff appeared out of nowhere, and it's sort of stuck now that Um. people just can't seem to sing in... You know, it's quite normal for British artists to sing in an American accent. Yeah, I would have thought most of the time, if I sing anything, it's probably in some sort of an American accent or, Hmm. you know... I don't. I don't sing everything, you know, like <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. It's sort of, <laughs> actually, I might try, but oh. you know, it's sort of it, that's that's a normal thing. But now we've sort of got this strange accent that everybody sings in. That like, they sort of mumble their way through everything. Sort of, it's like how Mick Jagger talks. You know, I think it's just <laughs> like I'm just gonna sing everything like that now. It's really I'm strange. Freaking out and stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it, they, yeah. they were filming Doctor Who in my house when my mum and dad were in, and it was sort of they were mummies and I'm everything back. walking around. <laughs> Bandages all over the floor. There was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't know what it is. It's it's strange, but like you say, it is everywhere. Like unless you're a mm. rap artist, mm. it seems to be that everybody has adopted this thing that oh, that's what we have to do. To sort of become, mm. and maybe films doing the same thing where tropes just become, you know. Well, it might it might even strange. just be that we st- we're sort of more aware you think of it now. So, but I mean, I just thought because the rapid 
progress in technology in film. It's crazy how much it's achieved in like just like mm. thirty years. Um, even the last ten years is insane. Um, I think the most recent thing for a consumer level is probably like IMAX coming to Disney, Disney Plus. Um, but I, I'm just always baffled at how much it stagnates, but yet visually, it's always improving. Well, I think, but. I, it must be because there's so much content out there with music and film, and yeah, I think I, that I th- some of the problem, like you say, with with what Mike Bat said about how music is sort of is walking backwards. It sort of it it peaked at the turn of the century, and now it's sort of mm. well last century, mm. and it's sort of dipped ever since. <laughs> it's uh, it stopped with the musicals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's sort of. I think some of it is to do. It's more. It's. It seems more that it's the craft of writing a song has has sort of disappeared. It's people are more interested in the sounds yeah. and the beats, and it's very easy to do now. The amount of adverts I get on Facebook for sort of sample packs, where it's some teenager mm. in their bedroom with a laptop, oh. and they sort of like they click a, uh, a chord sequence and drag it into their DAW, and they're like, oh yeah, 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 and it's like, well, that's it mm. then. It's done. Whereas like years ago. You'd be thinking, right, well, I need to get from C to D, so let's go C A seven to go to D. Yeah. And it's like that's gone now. Like the amount of people that I know or the amount of people that I've spoken to that are in bands that have no theory knowledge whatsoever. Like they have no idea what they're doing. Mm. That's completely fine. Like you know, people people always say, Oh, you don't need to read music. And that's perfectly true. You know, Paul McCartney doesn't read ABBA, you know, but they understand what they're doing just because they can't read the dots. You know, they've got a knowledge there that they know what they're doing. But now people don't Mm. know what they're doing because it's already ready for them. And I know I'm... I'm saying this in a sort of... It was was better in the olden days, you know. It's all gone down the pan now. But it is literally, they drag and drop. Like, the amount of songs now... That's why... If you go through the top 100, I know there's a there's a popular YouTuber called Rick Beato that does a lot of music things, you know, and he was going through the top 10, and every, pretty much every song, maybe nine out of the 10 top 10 songs, all had exactly the same drum machine samples in it. Really? All of the hi-hats sounded exactly the same. They were exactly the same. And it is literally, it's just because it's dragged and dropped. People I'd, just I'd buy the these same. sample packs and do the thing. And I think... There's probably some of that that's in film yeah, that's and television that it's sort of the aesthetic is more interesting than the story. And I think that's why I tend mm. to go back in time with media, really, music and film and television, that it's sort of more time spent bef- behind the camera. The, like the filming is the last thing to be done. Like you said, they'd rehearse yeah. and rehearse and rehearse. Mm. But even before that, so much mm. time was spent, you know, writing stories like you see it in Doctor Who, in when there's uh, special features and they say, "Oh, this story was written in '66, but it didn't actually make it to the screen till '83," because they spent so many time yeah. rewriting it and doing all you know the stuff behind Only, the scenes. Yeah. There's stuff like that now. Like, yeah. I think um, Get Out took like eight years to write. Didn't I, well, I get it? Took eight years, but did. Yeah, but it's it hard to know. To do anything. Like, oh, it's hard to know if that's just to get the budget. I know. It, no, did you, did you yeah. write every day, or did you just yeah. leave for a week? Yeah. Or, um, but it's, it's the but same. The with, thing you was 
Sounds... <laughs> Sorry, just just to just to pick up on a, on a point that, that Harry was saying, um, the uh, you know the, all the drag and drop stuff, the, the pre pre uh, the stuff that's pre made. Um, it's got I saw an interesting thing. I think it's Synth Britannia or something like that. One of the BBC oh the BBC Four, four uh, yeah pro, programs, and they were saying that um, you know the Roland emulators and all those sort of uh, yeah since it came out, um, they there was a huge array of sort of pre-programmed sounds wasn't there yeah and you know, all the all the people in the charts were using those sounds and when they came back to be self second hand they found that no new <laughs> no actual th- synth- synthesis had taken place in any of it they just They're used it, the, what was on there the array of sounds that, that were already there yeah but at the same time i've got a depeche mode um songbook for guitar and it's got um i don't read music very quickly but I can, yeah, you know, I use chord boxes, guitar chord yeah. boxes, and you can play those. You can play those songs on the guitar, and they sound good because they've been um, composed. Yeah, you know, Martin Gore is, is a great songwriter, so they they uh, transcend the actual medium in which they were per- perhaps even written. Because you know, I saw him at work once, doing you know, on TV, mm. creating this stuff. But at the same time, you know, he's using chord sequences in the same way that McCartney or anyone else would have done. Yeah. He's just doing it on slightly more modern equipment then. Um, and it translates, they translate as songs, whereas you think some of the stuff that's coming out now, could you pick up an acoustic guitar and play something? Well, that's the thing. In it's the charts of, at the moment. It's so tricky. I'm not sure you could. And especially because I've done some of the function stuff where you play a wedding. And I think nowadays, if somebody came up to you and said, can you play... Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Mm. So much of that song <laughs> is just the feel and that synth sound that it's there'd be no way for you to sort of recreate that in a sort of a quick. You know, the, the way was is that somebody in the first half of your set, somebody had come up to you mid-song probably and be shouting down your ear, "Can you play Shine by Take That?" You know, <laughs> and if nobody knew it properly. In the halftime, you just all go and listen to it and go, right, it goes G, it goes C, it goes D. And the arrangement is there enough that you could get through the song and people would say, that's shine. But now, so many mm. songs are based on this, like, hooky loop thing that it's... It's like a groove rather than... Yeah, it's just impossible. Yeah. There's no way that you can really get through that. Maybe with the Adele stuff, you know, where it's sort of piano ballady stuff, yeah, you'd be all right, but... Yeah, it's, you know, if somebody said, "Can you play that song by Dave?" or whatever, it's like, "No, sorry, we can't, we can't do that." <laughs> is what is uh, is in the mainstream now? Like, obviously, there's tons of artists and stuff. You, you're still using Neil. What would you call them? Like instrumental sort of things, or it's just. It, it's the art of songwriting has sort of slightly disappeared. Like, you see some of these songs by, like, Ed Sheeran. If you Google the song, there's about 11 songwriters on that. And you think, it's taken 11 people to come up with, you know, <laughs> right. the songwriting teams that are behind these people is, like, horrendous. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, other right. than probably, I know Billie Eilish is probably one of the rare ones where I think it's just her and her brother that tend to do everything. Her and her brother. Which is which yeah. is great, you know, that that's great, but... Doesn't her brother, like, own Well, her everything? brother owns all their publishing. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, he's got the good end of the deal there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what happens if they fall out? Oh, yeah, they, it's a nightmare then. But, you know, for a lot of these solo artists, like the Ed Sheerans and all of these, and Adele, I think there were six people on Easy On Me, 
there's six songwriters there. What's that? Adele? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. both both of those give the impression that, they, that they're songwriters, don't they? Yeah. 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 And ni- neither of them would deny it if they, if they were asked. No, yeah, they've yeah, no, they got yeah. so much. They got so much help, but yeah, they. You know, I was I was thinking the other day. Well, you know, at least there's people like that. I, mean, I don't particularly like Ed Sheeran stuff, although you know some of it's all right. But yeah, and I quite like some of Adele's stuff. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, at least people are out there writing songs again. But yeah, you know, not without tons of help. Myself. Well, yeah, that's. It seems to be the way, and it's probably some of it is down to the record labels not having faith in their artists to yeah, sort oh, of. Yeah. To you know, yeah. just churn out a song, but you know, it, it's everywhere though. I think uh, not to make it sort of like big-headed, but stuff—it's quite easy to make stuff pass for talent. You know, you see, it's, you see it when people post a video well, of themselves honestly, on on Facebook uni, singing I'd, or something. And I'd agree. There's just hundreds of comments like, "Oh God, incredible!" I mean, the stuff I it's, saw in uni yeah. and I did film production, and the stuff wasn't. Awful, but my god, it's not good, and I don't want to praise something if it's not good. Even the one I worked on, the group was like, Yeah, it's great, it's great. It's not, it's really bad. <laughs> can we have another go? What Once went more wrong? Feeling. <laughs> can we identify what went wrong so we can get it better next time? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just well, that's such a, that... ease of access, and especially the power of editing. Mm. You do a lot with that, but I think. I think there's a school thing here, and I, I, mean, I don't want to be this person, but uh, you know, all the people are always saying that um, you know there's no competition at school. I mean, everyone gets a rosette, you know. Yeah. If they come last, you know, maybe that is creeping in to uh, you know to what you're talking about, like people who are producing stuff, and everyone's saying, "Oh, it's brilliant," even if they don't necessarily think it is. Yeah. Just because it's a constant reinforcement of. Um, uh, Almost fake encouragement, almost. Whereas it, it would be more helpful to these filmmakers, wouldn't it, if someone more experienced would say, "No, that doesn't work. This would be better if you did this. Have you thought of doing this?" And that kind of constructive criticism, it's, rather than just praising yeah. it, because it's so it strange. doesn't get it. Nothing will get any better. No, right? and that that stuff's yeah. still there. You still have those films that whose mm. directors and the whole team around them are so anal about getting everything, huh? <laughs> getting everything <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> And Depends on the film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kind of media you're no. uh, consuming, but um, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, actually. It, it's yeah. I mean, there's probably, like you said, Jim, there is something to be said, probably for the, you know, everybody, everybody wins, sort of argument for it. Mm-hmm. That it sort of it feeds people's egos in a way that's great. You know, you should encourage everybody, no matter how bad their song is. If somebody's written a song, you should say, yeah, well done. Yeah. You know, but. Up to a point. Up to yeah, yeah, up to a point. Not sort of you should go on the X Factor or you should do you know. <laughs> yeah, and look, look how many people get humiliated because they've had all this. Th- they go on the X Factor. I think that's horrible. They're not as brilliant as their family have told them. Yeah, I think and that, that becomes yeah. a sort of it's like horrible, a modern that. bedlam thing, isn't it? You know, you pay pay two shillings and look at the lunatics. In, yeah, in, it, it, in bedlam. Yeah, it's that it's that on TV now, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's a horrible thing. I and think it's horrible. These people come off quite damaged. Yeah. They come off quite damaged as a result of it because the whole, mm. world, whole country has laughed at them. Yeah. It's not... It's, it's just not... That must for, for tell you what. Well, it is, isn't it? You know, the, these people get fed so much bullshit yeah. up to a point, you know, you should encourage people. If they sh- if they you know show an interest for something like that, you should encourage it. Like with anything, if anybody shows any interest in something, you encourage it to a point. Yeah. But, well, just to improve. But just yeah, but better, you, you don't trying. just sort of say, 
I've booked you onto the voice. Yeah, you've so, you've done it now. You've done it. Just to be you humiliated. It's just it's horrible. And the fact that they'll put that out, even if they did get humiliated on stage, you'd think right. Well, we won't show that because that's that's not very nice, is it? You know, they've they've obviously thought they were trying, and hmm. but we'll just put that out. <laughs> but on the flip side, if you critique yeah. it, yeah. great for view. Yeah, there is a point to critique, and you know, I suppose, but. Critique fl- They're not doing and- that though, are they? This sort of flux didn't go down well. Well, yeah, but like we say, there's obviously there's been some. If if you want to go down the flux route, not really. But no, but, <laughs> <laughs> not again. But there's obviously there's been some improvement. Like, um, well, I, me and Tim were talking about the music mm. when Sagan Akinola took over with the music. It was very different to what we'd been sort of. Mm got used to with Mr. Gold, and then suddenly, as Flux has appeared, it's as if somebody's bought him an arranging book. So suddenly, whenever anything <laughs> grand happens, there's French horns. It's as if he's been steered, or he's been on an arranging course. So yeah, it's... That's, that's page 79. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, ah. I'll use that, yeah. You know, which, yeah. is, which is good. Obviously, he's taken on board, or somebody said to him, can you make it a bit more normal so to speak and he's obviously taken that on board and whether he's known that before and just wanted to try something new or he's gone out there in his own time and thought right well how do people properly arrange because i think he's younger than us i'm sure he's about he's only about 25 he's, he's pretty young yeah you yeah, know he's, he's pretty young. yeah well, where did he go to uni i don't know <laughs> Because your lecturer thought that he could get him on the podcast. He could have if I didn't fall out with my lecturer, yeah. <laughs> I could have got him on the podcast. <laughs> He's a dick. Sorry. Give you a, le- give you a lecture an Apple. Then yeah. you get him on the Not podcast. seeing Akinola, but my lecturer was a yeah. dick. So. But yeah. That was out there. Yeah. It's tricky. Well, It's funny what you're saying about the, um, the, the, the mass sort of songwriting. It's almost a, a reversal of what happened, you know, when the Beatles came out and started writing their own material. Yeah. Um, and previously you had, you know, the Tim Pan Alley yeah. sort of music writers writing for Rory Storm and the Hurricanes or whatever <laughs> beforehand. They were just a, pro- a product that would, they would front and perform the music yeah. without any input to themselves. Are we back there again? Is that, what, is that what's happened? I think so. It's, it's sort of tricky because I know that Taylor Swift's um, re-recording all of her old albums because she doesn't, own any of them like mm. she doesn't own any of it why because she was in a terrible deal with a, a terrible contract yeah, oh. awful contract so that but luckily but she re-records it then it's hers again yeah it's, she re-records it so yeah. a lot of a lot of bands do that especially when they do a sync so if you see a, mu- a music on an advert most of the time that's like a re-recorded version so that they get all of the money from the publishing mm. of that. Uh, right. So I know that um, the Darkness Christmas song, I think that was on an Aldi advert or a Tesco advert or something, but that's uh, a re-recorded version so that they get all the money you know, okay. from that. And Taylor Swift's doing a similar thing where she's re-recording all her albums so she owns her publishing. So the old albums still exist. But, yeah. And after so long with a contract, you earn the right to be able to re-record your, you know, your songs. Okay. So as they're expiring, she's jumping in there before they get renewed and mm. re-recording them and tells all her fans, well, 
go and listen to this version. It's practically the same. And, you know, I get all the money. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, dear. And then Damon Alban tells her she doesn't write her own songs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I, do you know what? As, as much as I'm not a massive fan of Taylor Swift's music... But I think it's great what she's doing, you know, and and she seems like a really yeah. nice person, you know. She doesn't seem, you know, unbearable as a lot of some of these uh, artists are. Now that, well, they just sort of they've got personalities you just want to crush. Yeah. <laughs> Hit with a baseball bat, <laughs> like a grey. Yeah. Come. Explode. Yeah. Make them pop. <laughs> Make them pop. <laughs> but yeah, you know. Oh well. We started I, off very cheery. I'd <laughs> love to see where cinema goes, though, in 10 years. I hope we're just not in the same place. I really hope, because I feel like we've been in the same place for 10 years now already, which is very strange. Do you think it'll get, do you think it'll get more sort of virtual? Um, I, I mean, is it, I really don't, is, it, is it the filmmaking that would change or the, ex- the experience for the, the I, viewer? I'm not really bothered about the experience, because at this point you can watch on anything. Um and I mean, that wrecks a film. You can watch it on a phone, and there you go, wrecked. Mm. Um, so that's out the window now. Um, but I just hope. I think just the process of film and the industry itself, I think, needs to grow because it's going at such a fast rate. I don't think it can keep up with itself. I really don't. Cause mm. Demand's huge for it. Um, not so much from the, con- the consumers, but I mean, just the the sites and the streaming things and there's so many streaming services now they all need their exclusive they all need this talent um it's crazy it is crazy so i just hope we're in a better place and it's, i don't think it's got much to do with marvel obviously it does it do- definitely does but i don't I think, think it's just because they're the big juggernaut aren't they that they're that name that's been churning out yeah. for years now it's expected that they're going to do a certain thing and it probably will get to a point where they mm. they trip themselves up that they it, the quality starts to dip that they've sort of done what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought that already happened, but they've managed to expand TV just as pandemic hit, and they're just making all the right decisions. And for mm. that, their leadership in like uh, just their decision making, management, and stuff like that is incredible. Mm. Love it. That's why I really appreciate mm. about it. And the films are okay. I like them. They're, it's they're watchable. Yeah, I mean they're fun. They're yeah, okay. I mean, if, you, if people are going to bl- people are going to blame Marvel, they might as well. Blame Star Wars because that was the first real. Now they are crap. They it all off. Yeah. <laughs> now they are crap. <laughs> now they are proper crap, aren't they? I don't know about the old ones, but the new ones are. Um, you can write these words, George, but we can't say them. Oh, George, you don't want to write that. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited for the next ten years, though. I'm not asked what format I'm watching it or anything like that. Um, but I, I expect TV to overtake get... at some point. Yeah, I really do. Well, a lot of the big actors are going to TV as well yeah. as, well, as, well as the directors. Budgets going up, the lens going to up. Streaming. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be that constant work as well. I think that's there's, yeah. a, there's a big appeal in television now, especially. Definitely. I know from just you know composers as well. They like having that constant work. Yeah, that deadline sort of pushes them to do things, and the constant stream of money rather than just having it plonk. Here's you know yeah here's fifty grand mm. to score uh, well, this film or whatever okay, you know. Marvel is basically a big TV show, isn't it? Yeah, that cinematic universe. Yeah, and they churn it mm. out that much that practically yeah. you've only got to wait a couple like of weeks. Special, and there's isn't a, it? You, you know, there's a new. I think I have four months to wait to go. I really do. Do you think? Do you think uh, that Doctor Who will ever do the sort of series dump thing where they just sort of let you binge it? Yeah, if they expand the universe, do you think? Yeah, why not? 
Not on if no, because if it's all on iPlayer, then no. Well, like, the, the toast. I don't know if if it's been the same with other stuff that's been on iPlayer. I know the latest series of Toast in Tinseltown. The, after that first episode went out, they dumped the whole series on there, mm. but still broadcast it every week. So okay. you sort of had the choice. Yeah, we did it with Ghost. Do, oh, did they? Ghost Was that well, the same? The same thing. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's the same with other things. At least it gives you a choice. Yeah. Twitter would become in even fact, more I, um, unbearable, though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, and, and podcasting would be impossible. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. I mean, do What it. would you yeah. do? I mean, you couldn't be the first one to review anything. No. I mean, it, I mean, it's not what either of us try and do, but you know, you wouldn't be. The, well, maybe you did with Flux, but <laughs> with um, the trailer. Yeah. As soon as the trailer it. came out, it was there on the <laughs> iPad, and we were like, right, it's it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming. Hit record, right? <laughs> we're not editing it. We're not editing it. We're just going to put it on. <laughs> But you can imagine binging it all in one day and yeah. trying to podcast on everything in one day and then just release them all at once, you know. Oh. I, yeah, I hope they don't drop it all in a lump. I really don't. I think, I think well, it's we nice. we had a bad experience. Well, it's nice to have a choice. I mean, we had a bad experience. My daughter and I like ghosts, mm. so um, mm. um, we enjoyed the first um, couple of series. And then this, this one came out and we just watched it all in one go. And it kind of took the shine off it, to be honest. It does, yeah. Because my daughter's not used to; she's not used to waiting a week for anything. She doesn't, you know. She finds it very difficult to understand. That's what how old Telly used to be. Yeah. Because you know she likes Big Bang Theory, so she'll just watch. Yeah. A, a whole evening of them back to back, and she's not used to having to wait for anything. And this is one program that she really liked and had to wait for. Yeah. And I said, you yeah, know, this is what this is what it was like. You know, this I, I used to watch Doctor Who. It's twenty five minutes a week. 25 yeah. minutes only a week yeah. and then you had to wait for your next 25 minutes the following Saturday yeah this is what telly used to be like and she she couldn't stand it and as soon as we got a chance to uh, you know to binge that program we did and I didn't enjoy it as much because it's like a saturation thing isn't mm-hmm. it yeah uh, I mean any similarities between episodes become more pronounced because mm-hmm. you're watching them all in the chain um so I don't I give them the choice again I think we'd at least Put, stick a day between every episode. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of classic Who episodes work like that as well. Because I know some some episodes yeah. that you've had to watch for the review. Not that you've struggled with, but they just become nothing happens in that episode. Nothing. But if you sort of do as it a comparison to the last one I just watched, well, like if a week went by and it's like, oh, it's back. Yeah. As long as it's back, I'm happy. Yeah, I think. I imagine that's what if, I'd be yeah. like. A lot of the of the bigger episodes as well really work well if you even watch one a night, sort yeah. of one episode per night, or leave a couple yeah. of days between it. And I think that's something that probably helped Flux. If Flux would have been dumped in one go, by the Sontaran one, I would have been out really. But just the fact that we had to wait a whole week, and maybe next week it'll be different. And maybe the week after that yeah. it's going to be different. I think it really helped to keep the retention of, well, me anyway. Not that 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 one number would have made a huge difference. The, the BBC would have been quaking, just you know. But is he watching? Is he? Is he? Is he, is he there? Someone look through his window. Yeah. <laughs> just a black transit van parked outside. He? He's got it on, sir. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it does help, and it's nice as well to have that one thing that you have to sit down. Like as much as like my other half doesn't isn't a huge Doctor Who fan, but if a Matt Smith episode's on, she'll she'll watch it. If a David Tennant one's on, she'll watch it. And it was a nice thing that every Sunday it was sort of like right, it's time let's watch Flux, 
Whereas if I'd have said, right, we need to watch Flux now and it's going to be about six and a half hours, is that okay? Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out. <laughs> like she would have had a breakdown. <laughs> it's nice for competition as well, I think. If you've only got that one hour to spend on watching something and you see Doctor Who new episodes out, you're going to, you know, you might, yeah. you're not going to watch it, but you, you might watch that instead of a film or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's... Mm, yeah. You know. But if you've got six half hours and something, you just probably go on. I don't know what the kids go on. TikTok yeah. or something. Or... I think the thing with Doctor Who, as much as I'm not a fan of modern Who at all, really, I'm sort of 40% in. And, Ooh, that's generous. And that's enough that I can sort of... That's <laughs> hard I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah actually. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll, I'll rephrase that. That, you know, if for some reason I couldn't watch it, it, it doesn't bother me. But I will try and watch you know, what's going on. And as much as I'm excited for what the series brings, that's probably as far as it goes. It's not that I want to watch it. I'm just excited to see what they do. I'm just scared. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm just scared. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Trepidatious. You get a bit nervous for each episode in case it's shit. Uh, I think you've just accepted it Yeah, you expect it. (laughs) It's just I get scared that I'm going to have to talk about it. That, I think that's the that's the bit. Well, we said when we. I were, think that does change the experience. Yeah, it does change the viewing experience yeah. definitely. Because I know that. Well, not to sort of blow smoke up your posterior, hey? but like your podcast mm-hmm. was the thing that got me back into Doctor Who. Because for for a few years, probably, I think, I think we sort of worked it out. I know the Strangers in Space have just done series four catch up or series three catch up. The one with Daleks in Manhattan, whatever right. that is. It was either that series or the series just after that where I sort of logged off and it was I'd sort of dip in every now and again. So most of that stuff after that I haven't really seen or have that much memory of. I just sort of dipped in and out. And then I remember we were, my mum was clearing out the attic and there was a Doctor Who thing and I thought I'll just... I'm not going to go and watch it. Maybe I'll just see if there's a podcast that sort of talks about it vaguely. And then I started listening to yours. And that was the thing that I saw, thought, God, yeah, I really love classic Who. Like, it, it was such a big part of my childhood, you know, mm, the, sort yeah. of UK gold and then having all the videos and then getting a couple of the DVDs. It was sort of, it it made me sort of so nostalgic for how good it was. And I'm not saying that it's not as good as it was, but it's just got a thing. It, it's got this. <sighs> it has. It has got certain something. I do. I do wonder if we judge modern who unfairly because we don't have yeah, nostalgia for it. Probably. I think in a few years' time, the it's pretty started to happen now, isn't it? Really, where Eccleston's series. People have got nostalgia for that now because it was twenty years ago mm. or whatever. You know, near as damn it. It's sort of. I do seventeen years. Yeah, ago. scary. That, like that's scary. That. <laughs> mm. You know, it's. God, that is good. You know, that it's sort of it's earned the rights that you can be sort of nostalgic about it. That it's, it's got to that point where it's become but, almost classic. Who. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and interesting. The people who are most nostalgic for it were the ones who were about eight, whatever when it came on. Yeah. So you know, exactly like I was with you know my era of classic Who. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah nothing that comes out tomorrow is going to have nostalgic value for, <laughs> for no, yeah. a long while, isn't it? So 
Yeah, it's it's difficult, but I mean, are things you know objectively better than other things, or are we just receiving them in a different way because of? It's very know? tricky, isn't it? It's it's so tricky oh, to do. It's and things have changed. It's so different now to how it used to be that it's almost impossible to say that new who is better or new who is worse or. It's not as good it's as apples and oranges. Yeah, I, don't, it, I don't think you can make a direct no, comparison. It's no. it's all just preference. If that's your bag, <laughs> dive in. You know, it's it's mm. just it's there if you want it. I think that's I think that's probably the same with everything now. Is that there's so much out there. I think it's, you know. Yeah. It's just I, I think it's great. You know, when you first started out, I, I, I thought it was great that that you know Luke was prepared to give such a a chance to the to the old stuff. Yeah. Uh, and now I think you said recently, Luke, didn't you, you actually prefer Classic Who to, to New Who, don't you? Uh, it's tricky you one. Did that. Say I that. Yeah, no, I, I did mouth. say but, it. But I, I, thought you... I did say it. it. It was more in the sense of if I had to review it. You'd oh, rather it. watch old oh, okay. Who. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's fresh oh, stuff. I see, yeah. Fresh stuff. Yeah. Mm. It, uh, yeah, I've always thought that New Who doesn't have a massive rewatch value for me personally anyway. So once I've seen it, I, yeah, I, I don't really prefer either or. All. I'm happy watching it. both. I think. Yeah, That's both. Good. Yeah, That's good. Um, like I say, there's such different things. Almost completely different shows. Well, they are. Aren't they? It is. It is completely different. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, only vaguely similar. Similar in like the characters and locations. So, hmm. uh, well, just a lore, isn't it? Really. So, yeah. I really don't know. It depends on a day. Now, Ooh. right now, I prefer New Who because Daleks in Manhattan is going to be a hoot. That's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be different. <laughs> what's, it, what's it up against? Pigmen. The War Machines. Don't know what that is. War oh, machines, wait, no one. Yes. Um, yeah, we saw Billy a bit Hartnell. there. Yeah. yeah. Old Billy. Mm. And his lovely white curls. Lovely Billy Hartnell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's. Uh, it's an interesting time. <laughs> well, if you've made it this far, congratulations. Keep going, you're nearly there. Content, content, content. Only on WCCY. How long have we gone, been going on for now? Well, I, th- I think we've gone on long enough, really, before we uh, before it gets very <laughs> depressing know. and we all... I think we'll finish <laughs> off. I think the listeners have topped themselves, but... Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> we like to check no. in Don't every now it. and again. Uh, I think we should finish off on magnet fishing. Oh, magnet fishing. Magnet fishing. <laughs> that topic to end all topics. I'm just going to list off a few uh, things because we're going magnet fishing, aren't we? We are. We're going to do a special video. I don't. It, people don't seem to be very you might aware. Have to do the heavy lifting on magnet fishing. I don't think I could contribute an awful lot to this. It's uh, most people aren't very aware that we do have a YouTube channel that we don't upload to very often. <laughs> Other than we've done a Christmas special, a Halloween special, and now we are going to do fishing rod versus fishing magnet. Where See what we get. It's very well, niche. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, where do I where do I sign? Exactly. Exactly. Um, just a few things that've been caught. Interesting. Magnet fishing. Mag- are you before we do that? Okay. We should explain what magnet fishing is. Oh, of course, yeah. Rather than just it's like fishing, it. but with a big magnet, so you drag up all the uh, metal parts at the bottom of a river, canal, sea, 
lake. Oh, right. All that stuff. Aquatic storage. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. They're pulling chuck it out. Chuck it in the canal. If we don't like it, chuck yeah. it back in. Yeah. So well. you buy a horrendous... It's more humane to chuck it back in again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to kill it. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> So you buy yourself a horrendous, horrendously powerful magnet hmm. on the end of some nice rope mm. and you lob it in <laughs> and pull it back out what could possibly go wrong <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to kill a few pleasure boaters on the yeah. way yeah. <laughs> on the- could find a bomb well could get, a bomb. Get, yeah pulled down into a world war ii mine yeah <laughs> chuck it back in chuck it back yeah in. hope for the best well funny enough we found the the mountain that's just up the road from me uh on the farm uh, all of these police cars suddenly appeared and bomb disposal where a sheep had dug up or sort of scratched around a mine that had dropped Second World War but hadn't gone off. Oh, my God. So all of these bomb disposal people all had to come and sort of, you know, make it go off sort of thing, as it is. And there controlled are s- explosion. Yeah, controlled expo- explosion. And there are so many on the mountain because... Where we are, uh, the mountain in the Second World War was set fire on purpose to sort of distract the you know the the Germans from bombing Liverpool, for, you know, because we're only Jenny. sort of forty fifty mile yeah, away, sort of you know. So the mountain is littered with you know big dugout craters of where wow. bombs have gone off, and there's an airman's grave. So a, a, a German plane crash landed on the mountain and some of the people in the village took him in as sort of you know he was injured and sort of and he lived just lived his life after the war here you know and he's buried on the mountain in the airman's grave so it's a thing now that if anybody does the walk from where we live over the top to Llangollen they take a stone from the mountain gate and they put it on the airman's grave oh. which is in the shape of a plane oh. so it's but there are so many unexploded bombs that are on the mountain that there are areas that you're not allowed to sort of go to. So, oh, wow. and every so often, one, you know, pops its head up <laughs> and sort of appears, and then they have to come and get rid of it. But there's a few that are in this, like, a boggy area that there's just no way they can get to them. So it's just crossing yeah. fingers that they don't suddenly yeah. just go bang in the night. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. That's, that's pretty exciting. Well, I used to live near, um, well, in in Chatham, but near the Chatham docks. Oh yeah, uh, and they were a big big target for the, mm. the wretched Nazis, and um, so they were quite, quite there's a sort of um, uh, I don't know what you call it really, um, a place where you used to go walking, kind of open land mm. uh, with quite a few fairly sizable craters in it. But because because uh, it gets there's so much foot traffic there, it's all been cleared of anything live. Yeah. Whereas I guess on your your mountain and stuff, it's it hasn't been worthwhile to for them to detect the mines and get rid well, of. That's them. the thing. It's you know since well, for hundreds bombs. of years, it's just been grazing. So it just so yeah. happens that people have walked that way, and the the path is sort of not on a map, but <laughs> everybody knows where that sort of that path is. But yeah, there's so Every many. Every now and then you can smell lamb cutlets. Can't you? Yeah. One of them's gone up. <laughs> Every so often, bang. <laughs> Is that a cloud or. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. We should we should actually, we should do a video and go to the lookout tower. I'm not going to some bomb. Oh, right, okay. 
no I'll way. go on my own. Hard no nerve. way. So anyway, so yeah, so the idea I think for the majority of people with magnet fishing is that they go to a stretch of canal or river that was maybe by army training. So the Second World War seems to be a big one for people yeah. who've got magnets that they want to sort of get ammunition and sort of find a revolver. <laughs> you know, a, a German pilot's gold tooth. Yeah, exactly. You know. So, what have you? What have you found? Nothing. Nothing much. Nothing much. Nothing much. Um, that's <laughs> oh, a Um, amazing ornate dagger. Amazing. Not really. This is a dagger, really. Uh, a treasure box of money. Well, that's all right. That's, that's Two it, safes with money and jewellery. You'd need a big magnet for Ooh. a safe. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a bag full of guns and ammo. Grey horses. <laughs> uh, a father and son found... Uh, a father and son? Yeah, found 80 guns. <laughs> 80 guns? Metallic, 80 they guns. were. <laughs> His brass hand stuck on like glue. <laughs> Live grenades. They can be found. Live grenades. Crikey. A bike as wow. good as new. That's exciting. Don't believe that one. It would be a thrill, oh, wouldn't it? Stainless steel bike. Yeah. Uh, Enigma code breaking machine. Found in... Whoa. Yeah, that one's pretty cool, That's isn't good. it? I mean... That one's pretty cool, isn't it? Sangoflin's pretty remote. You know. I'm, I'm assuming that the canal is not going to be littered with bits of the Enigma. <laughs> probably not, no. <laughs> I mean, we can hope. It's probably going to be a trolley. <laughs> and <laughs> Hide it by there. <laughs> but I just think you never know what you're going to find, and that's what's exciting. You never know what's around the corner. I hope it's not yeah. a can. <laughs> yeah, a can of Pepsi, uh, probably. Probably just be a load of fishing hooks. <laughs> probably just, yeah, fishing hooks. Is it expensive, though? So well, they're not expensive. No, not really. But, no, no, no. But anyway, so I'm going to deal with the fish. I'll deal with the. You're going to deal with the magnet. Magnet. Oh, really? Yeah. With the fe- oh, we can switch. The ferrous can't material. We? You're not having my rod. No, we are. <laughs> no. We well, are. on that note, thanks so much for joining us, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a W. It's a C. Not a C. With a Y. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, would you fun. like to uh, show us your wares, as it were? You know, <clears throat> well, on an audio me- medium, I, yeah. I think it might be wasted. Uh, well, um, well, we'll know. Yes, the uh, the mu- <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, it's just a, an intimate, uh, private viewing. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, these days uh, and the, the uh, Crinoid podcast is on hiatus. Although we will, uh, we are bunging out some old episodes because uh, uh, we didn't have them all in one place before. And now uh, the first thirty, we're going to migrate to our current um, podcast host. Um, so that's a very little activity except for that on there. However, the Mutide podcast is in full flow. Uh, every month we do a Blake Seven episode in sequential order. We've just done the web at the time of recording, and it's uh, me and Martin arranging a date to do Seek, Locate, Destroy, in which Travis and Servalan are both introduced. So uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be a turning point for the series and a turning point for us. So, um, yeah, uh, Mutoid Podcast, um, so-called, because there's some uh, creatures in there called Mutoids, and it sounds a bit like Crinoid. Do you see that's what he's it. done? Yeah. Do you see? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're showing our working... What brilliant minds there are at work. It's scary, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, when Stephen Hawking went, it's only us two left. Well, exactly. You know. 
<laughs> they'll find uh, they'll yeah, dig so you a spot it's... in Westminster Abbey or something, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I should bloody hope so. Alright. Well, mm. there we go. That's it then. So yeah. So thanks so much to Jim for joining us. Thank you very much, Jim. Go and listen to uh Thank you. his current Thank you and past foire into uh podcasting. And uh you can join us next week for the War Machines and Daleks in Manhattan. What's the second what episode called? Evolution of the Daleks. Exactly what Jim said. So uh, if that's your shtick. <laughs> so that's, that's what you're into. <laughs> that's what you're into. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing to do with us. Yeah. The, no. The New York humanoid Dalek. There's uh, a Dalek in the... <laughs> Is it the chase? Yeah, we did. We we guested on uh, my adventure in space and time for uh, the chase uh, and the scene when they're on the top of the Empire State Building, and you'd never know because he uh, says everything uh, like uh, like. Uh... Jesus. Yeah, Native American apparently. Oh. I mean, not Native American. <laughs> <laughs> abort! Abort! A native, a native, native New Yorker. There we go. Oh God. <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> well, GB News will have him. Uh, be, <laughs> yeah, there'll be a, a full Twitter apology tomorrow, then a spot on GB News. That's it. There we go. Oh, God. I've become that which I used to despise. <laughs> time lapse. <laughs> Prepare the time lapse. <laughs> right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. I've been Harry. I've been Luke. And he's, and, been and he's been Jim. There he is. There we go. <laughs> Slick podcaster. <laughs> Thanks for <He> listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. You can send in your feedback, comments, and suggestions by contacting us. On Twitter, at WhoCanConvince. Email us at mail at wccy.co.uk or visit www.wccy.co.uk Be sure to leave the podcast a rating and a review on your podcast platform. For bonus content and access to the podcast Discord server, consider supporting us on Ko-fi. You can find all the links and information on the WCCY website. Thanks for listening, and thank you for your support. Stars, we mean to go on. This is going to be fun. (laughs) I like you, Jim. I think you're cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No one has ever said that before. (laughs) What I'm going to do is just. Wow. Oh, hello. She's doing it. Who's she? (laughs) She sounds sexy. (laughs) It's.
Is that to tell you? Is that in case someone doesn't know they're being recorded? I think so. Stephanie Hawking decides to just uh, walk in. It's very computerized, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, who was she though? I don't, I don't. It's just the like the recording lady. Okay. Mrs. Zoom. <laughs> Mrs. Zoom. It's uh, Jean Rodney's wife, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she used to do the. Didn't she do the computer voice? I think so. On Star Trek, I S- believe so. Star yeah. Trek. I like that when people Star say. Trek. You know, when they say things with a weird inflection, it makes the... <laughs> Star, makes Wars. Sound, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> it's That's kind of thing feedback. your mum would say. Yeah. <laughs> you like Star Wars, don't you? Hey, Star Wars. <laughs> who's, who's going to be the new Doctor Who? <laughs> Jodie Wataka. Wataka. <laughs> <laughs> Is she from New Zealand? Yeah. Jaddy. <laughs> Kirite Wataka. Sorry, sorry. 